This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Steve made it into the open. Yeah! It took Harmon 18 months to make it into the open. Last night, Afram Salam made it in. Tonight, you make it in as well. I'm surprised it wasn't a female voice coming in. And Steve DeSager. Something like, just as, as an afterthought, throw it in there. Or just like like, like the voice on the uh, on the computer. And Steve DeSager. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate This actually blended in as if I'm normally on the show. Out to the main stage, it's Steve DeSager. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. You can't spell SD without SD. Greetings and welcome inside the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. Got a big night, NHL playoffs going on, a big night in Major League Baseball. The Mets had the night off. All right, they didn't. They lost. (laughs) They just played like it, yeah. But today really was owned by the drama surrounding Phil Jackson, Carmelo Anthony, and the New York Knicks. Is it the playoffs yet? Yeah, it's the playoffs, Phil, and you suck because this is year three of twenty games under five hundred. Now we're gonna do we're gonna play with time here a little bit. We're gonna do a little pulp fiction esque. We're gonna tell the story a little bit out of order as to what went on today. Oh, the gonna, critics love it. Yeah, we're gonna start at the beginning. 
Then we're going to get to what just happened, and then we're going to go back. You know, because they tell the story. Because you can't tell Pulp Fiction with Travolta getting killed in the beginning. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. With him getting killed in the beginning. <laughs> Holy cow. That only show. took one segment. <laughs> the movie. 1994, Steve Sager. 1994. There's a whole new, there's a whole new generation. Did, were we not talking about movies right before we came on the air? <laughs> I don't want to watch the Star Wars trailer because just in case of spoiler alert. I, I have to be able to talk about movies that are 23 years old. Yeah. Okay, I have to be able sure. to do that, even though it's on TV all the time. Although, you know, we have listeners <laughs> that have never seen it because it came out 23 years ago. Travolta died? Oh, wow. So we'll go a little bit out of order. Don't which... mention anything about Yoda's fate tonight. Let's just <laughs> avoid that. Anyway. How good you look when a thousand years old you will be. Hmm? Deathbed you are. Young Jedi. Criminal Anthony will not become. Hmm? Too yeah. much anger, hate, and suffering. Not a young Jedi. What has that become? <laughs> the New York Knicks. So, the blown up planet, really. It would, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's definitely. Well, okay. I don't want to ruin Rogue One. Uh, it's definitely the Alderaan of the NBA. Yes. So is that okay? Yes. Nineteen seventy-seven. That's with, okay. With, Alderaan. With All right. Phil Jackson is the princess. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And sorry, Jimmy Smith shouldn't have been on Alderaan. So today was the big day that Jackson was going to meet with Carmelo Anthony, and they were going to talk about his fate with the New York Knicks. Well, they did. And Phil Jackson had a press conference afterwards and told reporters that uh, I told Mello, beat it. We've not been able to win with him on the court at this time. And I think the direction with our team is that he is a player that would be better off somewhere else and using his talent somewhere where he can win or chase that championship. So Phil Jackson told Carmelo Anthony, I'm going to push you out of this plane. I'm going to push you out of this. And he wants Mello to think about going to another team. Still has no trade clause. Which he wanted him to think that last year. Right. right? But now I'm really, I really want you to think about this. So that's what happened earlier today. Now we're going to jump ahead because there was a lot of reaction today in Phil Jackson's press conference and Phil's lost his touch with the media and Carmelo Anthony is upset and Phil Jackson's doing Carmelo Anthony wrong. We'll get back to that because after all of this went on today and the story you've heard and, and the back and forth and all the opinion following on social media, about an hour ago... It was announced that Kristaps Porzingis skipped his final meeting, his exit interview with the New York Knicks. <laughs> he skipped the exit interview because what sources are saying, he is frustrated with the Knicks' lack of direction. So now... You've pissed off Porzingis, which Good. I didn't think was humanly possible until now. My concern as an American is he thinks the whole country is like the oh, New York Knicks. As an okay, yeah. oh you really wow he. This is his experience yeah. of the United States, uh, right? That's true. He landed on our shores and went right into a Dolan team. Good luck there. I go back to Latvia. Owner is very nice over in Latvia. I'm glad he has a bad reaction to that. <laughs> Something needs to change, Mister New York. Listen, this is and this is this is what this really is. A lot of people are going to say, look, he's being spoiled. He walks away from an exit interview. This, perversely, is him showing leadership. He doesn't accept this. He doesn't accept it. He knows it's his team now because he knows Melo's gone. And he's been there two years. He's, he's, He's going to be Dirk when his body fills out. He's just still too brittle. That's an interesting way to put it. He's still, yeah, he still needs, he's only 21. People forget when he came in, he was 19. 
his body, he's still thin. He hasn't filled out yet. He needs to be able to, to put on some more weight to withstand the pounding because he still has times during the season where he fades. He faded in January and February. He was 19 and ridiculed when he came in, which is all you need to know about fans in general, but draft night fans in all sports uh, specifically. What's going on? Even Phil Jackson said, yeah, I don't know how long. It'll be five <laughs> years till he's any good. Eight years, ten, maybe when he's 30. I don't know. But he showed he was really good right away. And now after two years, this is him taking that next mental step. Uh, he knows the Knicks are his team. He's lost over 100 games in his pro <laughs> career already. <laughs> I don't know if he had even played 100 pro games before he came over here. No, I, don't, I don't even think there's more than two courts in Latvia to even play. <laughs> so, But this is him. I mean, it's him showing oh, courts leadership. With a C. I with a C. You, not with a Q. With a Q. Quartz. <laughs> oh, quartz. <laughs> That I say quartz. Quartz is with that. Because different. that's about what he weighed when he came over here. Remind for two that. quartz. It's two quartz. I'm glad that he has looked at this and said, okay, now I'm comfortable with stepping up and saying this. This is not a bad thing for the Knicks. Not this at all. is a great thing. And also it's great for the NBA because now Porzingis has gone from being the cult hero who, well, we can't talk about him all that much because the Knicks really stink. Now, maybe he's going to turn into that national player conversation. Also good for the NBA because as entertaining as the Knicks can be in a negative way, I'm not going to go so far as to be like a New Yorker and say, oh, the league is better when the Knicks are better. No, the league has succeeded <laughs> just fine without uh, when you. When the Knicks time. are awful in a train wreck, they're just as good. It's very it entertaining. When the Knicks However, are mediocre, that's when the league, you know, the Knicks are just, yeah, I could take or leave them. No. If the Knicks are at least a playoff team and they have somebody that I, as a neutral observer, would like to see play on the court, that's good for basketball in general. 877-99 on Fox Twitter. At How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager. In for Mike Harmon tonight, who was back in L.A. but drunk, so he couldn't come in tonight. A couple big things about the Knicks now with Phil Jackson and, and this statement. Number one, he got his contract extended two weeks ago. Now we're, now we're back into today. So we, we, this, well, we did our time jump. We started with him saying Melo needs to beat it. Then we went to Porzingis. Now we're back to the reaction with Phil Jackson. Announced about the contract extension because they've talked during the season about yeah. Phil Jackson. Stick around. Yeah. It's public now. The reason he has his contract extension and he's still there is because he drafted Porzingis. We talked about this earlier this week. Ephraim and I talked about it last night. That's if he doesn't draft, if he drafts anybody else, because you look where everybody else in in the first round went. The only other guy he could have taken that is that has shown anything so far, really, to say they may be a star is Devin Booker, and he went thirteenth. You look at that draft. If he took anybody else, and they have not cut through. Phil Jackson is not the president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks because you could say after three years of Phil, we are in the exact same spot, and the best player we have is Willie Hernan Gomez, so, and that's it. <laughs> it was good. I like him, but you can't say in three years that's the best guy you have. Yeah, Villy's the guy. Uh, as far as <laughs> Phil Jackson getting mileage out of that, then it is kind of like Jim Buss being tied to Andrew Bynum. Boy, look what he turned out to be. That was my guy. I'm going to ride Andrew Bynum into the sunset. So much that they almost didn't get anything for Andrew Bynum because horse player Jim Buss said, no, I picked a winner and it was my pick. If Phil Jackson goes down that road and that's the only horse he's picked, mm -hmm. he's out before these two years finish. Yeah. Right? But he's got but he's got Porzingis and everybody loves him. and He's going to be. So that's why he's got this job. Now we're going to hear Phil Jackson again from today talking about Carmelo Anthony and get you into the real takeaway from everything that's happened over the last Eight or nine hours. I've never, I've never uh, criticized Carmelo, ever criticized Carmelo. That's all supposition by P. 
papers or whatever, speculation by opinionated people. Holding the ball is not a criticism. That's what he does. That's pure fact. <laughs> He mentioned we need somebody who can play defense. That's not a criticism. That is who he is. I've never criticized Carmelo Anthony. He's a weapon. Outside of all his shortcomings, I've never criticized Carmelo. He holds the ball to him. That's who he is. No, that's a criticism. Phil Jackson is By the trying way, that to get... was good that turn back time was played, and it's Phil Jackson trying to put multiple faces <laughs> on this whole situation, kind of like Cher with her multiple faces. So you see where they've gone with this in the booth. I think also saying, all right, you need to go someplace else is a criticism. We can't win with you. Right. I mean, it's not like they have to worry about signing him. It's not like he's, no, he's got a couple more years left. No, this is a, so it's a criticism. Phil Jackson finds a way to not take responsibility for so much that's going on with the New York Knicks. It's he has decided to make Carmelo Anthony the scapegoat for everything that's wrong in New York. And, and look, Carmelo Anthony has, has a lot of faults. It's, but this is one of those where you can see both sides sharing things. Phil Jackson's fault. He's not been a good he's, at all. He's not been a good front office evaluator. Yeah. And Carmelo Anthony never became the player that he could have been. But if you think this changes anything, Phil Jackson thinks, okay, we're going to move on from Carmelo. Number one, free agents aren't going to come to New York. If you think that, if, and the Lakers, not going to happen for you either, but we'll get to you later on. It's not going to happen because number one, Phil doesn't sound like he's in control of anything, like he's got a plan. Who's going to go to New York after this is how Carmelo was treated? Players see how things go on, and all they see is every few days during the season, well, star players. Phil will, yeah, yeah, Phil will throw shade at Melo just the way Phil used to do with the Lakers. But for some reason, his act is worn thin because when he did it with the Lakers, oh, he's winning and everything is great, but well, he, he hasn't had, won. He had playing time. He had hands-on, day-to-day control of a group of guys. Yeah. That was a completely different situation. Now, we all agree with Carmelo Anthony. It's not just that he's going to have $200 million by the time his career's done. (laughs) We agree he is a cinch Hall of Famer. He's 25 points a game in what is now a pretty long career, almost 15 years, right? We agree with that, right? Yeah, and his career could have been even greater. But you look at what he's done, he's a scorer. And there's room for those guys in the Hall of Fame, obviously. But he never became that player. And for Phil Jackson... Phil never realized he wasn't going to change. He tried to get him to change, and he wasn't. That's on Phil. You knew who Carmelo Anthony was when you signed him a couple of years ago. You couldn't let him go to the Bulls and say, you know what, you go and we'll replace you and everything is fine. But no, now it's two more years of a soap opera where Melo wasn't treated well in the press at all, the press which used to be Phil Jackson's friend. But when you're in L.A. and you're winning and you have larger-than-life personalities and things are all good, you can give those little needles and people are going to, think Phil Jackson is funny and and he's he's colorful. The track record that he had. He came into Los Angeles with rings. He came in with cachet. If there's one thing, I mean, look at when Wayne Gretzky came to town years ago. If there's one thing that will, especially with the west side of this city, get their attention and their respect, it's success. It's a resume. And he had that. And then he built on that immediately his first three years in L.A. As far as you didn't change Carmelo Anthony, that's a superb point. He is who he was. Do you remember when he came in as a first-rounder to Denver? They were losing the first round of the playoffs every year and not even getting close to winning first-round series every year. I think it was about six times in his Denver year. He did make the, the uh, conference finals against the Lakers once, and by far that was the most postseason success he had. That was the one series where people thought he's going to turn because he played tough defense. Uh, in in the semifinals, it's okay. Mello is that Mello's. He's finally become that player. And then the Knicks trade him. And, and hey, I just needed to play defense for 
you know, that, those seven games right there. That's so, all I needed to do. And so then he goes over the Knicks, and they're out first round a couple of times quick, and they're not in the playoffs at all the last four years. So to say he is who he was is an understatement. This yeah. is his career is not doing well in the playoffs. And I don't mean not scoring. Yeah. He's at least 25 points a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But as far as progressing, advancing, winning games, that's what it's about, not scoring points. It's about winning games. And you have to you have to know this. And Phil Jackson didn't know it. He, as a guy that the NBA has passed by, that's what Phil looks to me now. He doesn't have the cachet with the players anymore. Players are going to run from the triangle. No one wants to come play in a walk it up, pass the ball through the high post offense. Nobody does. No young players want to do that. He thinks he's going to get young players that want to, and he's not. No, you need stars to come to New York. You're not going to sit here and build through the draft for five more years in New York. Phil Jackson, it's this changed nothing. They'll get rid of Carmelo, but so much damage was done that it's really irreparable. And barring getting lucky in the draft two more times, it's not going to happen. Now, I know this hour we're going to talk also about NFL. We're also going to talk about the Aaron Hernandez case. We're also going to mention... That Clayton Kershaw has a perfect game going into the fourth. It's, oh, oh, oh. it's Kershaw against Granky, and here's here's the rule on this, especially with Dodger games. Vin Scully constantly said the words "perfect game" and "no hitter," and he called more of those than anybody else. <laughs> so stop perfect. being the angel announcer, and we'll take a break. <laughs> And enjoy our beloved sponsors. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, the biggest story in the NFL by far today, Fox. Okay, you can hate me for many things. You can hate me for my opinions, even though I'm right. You can hate when I say things, but you cannot blame me for ruining Clayton Kershaw's perfect game. Or anyone else in this Uh, room. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. 50% of this room is blame-free. The other 50%, we have to have a discussion. It was five minutes ago, Steve DeSager, in updating all of us on the big MLB game of the night, Kershaw versus Granky going on right now, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Steve DeSager in for Mike Harmon tonight, who's drunk somewhere in Los Angeles. No, I'm sure he's just fine. He's a family man. (laughs) Everything's... Steve said, and to let everybody know, Clayton Kershaw has a perfect game through three innings for the Dodgers. You yeah, way, way to go, Steve. <laughs> uh, can I just say for the umpteenth time, I don't have this power that somehow people uh, not only ascribe to me here in this case, but to all announcers. The How this comes up with people who live in Southern California is the Angels announcer on Fox Sports West, Victor Rojas, for years while calling a no-hitter, would not use the phrase, which I consider to be an, an abdication of your duty as an announcer mm-hmm. because you're not calling it for the players in the dugout, who, by the way, Victor, can't hear you. <laughs> you're calling it for the fans and not telling them that there's no hitter in progress. And he, he thought there was some sort of jinx, like he had this power. You don't have it. I don't have it. Okay. Just right. for the record. All right, you done? You sure? And how many starts, not he Kershaw, would... all pitchers, <laughs> Their first hit is given up somewhere in the first four innings. All I know is... It's inevitable. Kershaw had a perfect game for a good hour. A good hour. Then I said something, and what happened to the next batter? He got him out. Two minutes later, Owings gets a base hit, almost hits Kershaw in the head. So you almost almost got him hurt as well. (laughs) So you ruined Clayton Kershaw's perfect game. That's right. Me and cool, man. Not cool. Me and me alone. (laughs) If I had this power, then why didn't the next batter get the hit oh, as soon yes. as I said it? 
it took a while for what you to say to get to the right powers to that float be. downtown Friday traffic. And yeah, all. So, you know, yeah. A, oh, we got to we got to back up on the five. Was coming out of Burbank and coming through. You had to, you know, they had to get through and then find a parking spot. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough, and then walk in and then get into the stadium, and then oh. And now Owings is up, so there's a base hit. We're going to have a Vegas guest on later tonight. If I have this power, that's where I need to go. I need to go back to Las Vegas. By the way, it's Zach Granke against Clayton Kershaw, these two massive salaries and former teammates going up against each other at Dodger Stadium, as you mentioned. Granke gives up four straight singles in the third inning. So it's a 2 nothing L.A. lead, and yes, Arizona has one hit. That's first place Arizona, by the way. As you talk about your first place Mets, it's rare that I look at the early season standings in Major League Baseball, but the Minnesota Twins are darn near first place as well, the way they've started the first week or two. More baseball on the way. We'll keep you posted on Kershaw versus Granke right now. Again, still 2-0 Dodgers in the fourth inning. The Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios. A big story from the NFL today, and it was very shocking to see the result of the Aaron Hernandez trial, who was being tried in court on the killing of two men in a drive-by shooting outside of Boston nightclub in July of 2012. If you remember, this was the murder. He was got into an altercation with two men at a nightclub in which one guy spilled a drink on him. Hernandez and a couple associates pulled up next to them, and Hernandez was on trial for killing the two men in the other car. It was this murder and the cover-up of it which was what Aaron Hernandez was convicted for murdering Odin Lloyd for, that he thought Lloyd was going to wind up talking to police or telling somebody that this murder from 2012, Aaron Hernandez was going to commit. And the 2013 murder he's already been convicted on, and in fact, after the verdict and his tears in court in Massachusetts today, Hernandez returned to his home, maximum security prison, his defense team working on appeal of that murder, the 2013 murder. The double murder, 2012, is what he was not found not guilty of today. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't be. He wasn't found not guilty and then walked free. He was found not guilty of the murder from 2012. Went back to prison. Yeah. There, one of his lawyers, one of his uh, um, handlers, said, "Oh, I think there's a good chance we can get the other conviction overturned." Which They're is a life sentence it. without the possibility of parole. Yeah, by the that's, way, that's awful gutsy to say. I think we can get that overturned. So today, he was acquitted of the murders outside the Boston nightclub in 2012. So what to make of this? When I see a story like this, Steve, I always think the same thing. If I've done something, if I'm guilty of something, I always want to go to trial. I never want to settle, try to think, oh, no, I always want to go to trial because you just never know. You never know what 12 people okay. are going to show up and you're going to get on that jury and what they're going to find is important, what's going to be in their heart and what's going to be in their head. And you may as well roll the dice. You may All this evidence that was po- pointing towards... Aaron Hernandez being guilty. They're all the the witnesses they had. Every the tattoo that he got of the gun that he used to shoot these two guys with means you, nothing. Apparently, you never know. If if you think I'm lying, go down to a, a court in your in your in your town wherever you live and look at the people who come in for jury duty. That's right. And just look at a cross section of the people who are there and the interview questions they get and who winds up getting picked on juries. People you who are say, available, that's who gets picked. Yeah, you will say I will I will absolutely go to a trial cuz you never know anybody's level of education. You don't know anybody's and for that I mean well look, and for education I mean what who's going to be able to convince you of something in a court. If you have the better lawyer, you can win. If you don't have the better lawyer, you may have the truth on your side and you could still lose. 
always go if you'd always go to trial, I would. I'd always go. Look at the jurors that were interviewed for the OJ documentary last summer and some of their comments like they there's no way they were being swayed on certain points. It didn't matter what was presented in open court. Judges uh what are, what's the sentence he, he always repeats, you know, it's not your own prejudices that you walk in. You have to go what is presented in court. If it's mm-hmm. not presented, you can't make a conclusion. Anyway, conclusions are made all the time because juries are made up of humans. Now, what you're talking about is not like I'll take my chances in traffic court. There's no jury there, right? Right. No, if, I, if I've done something and I have to go into jury trial, there's 12, okay. 12 peers, quote, who are deciding my fate, I would go because it's not about right and wrong. It, it's about making the case the right way to convince these 12 people enough doubt that you didn't commit it. And, and, that's, and that's what this had. No fingerprints or DNA were said to be found on the gun used in this double murder or mm-hmm. in the vehicle that Aaron Hernandez allegedly fired from. And without that, they didn't convict a guy who already has, and I'm sure they knew this, who already has the life sentence we had mentioned. They couldn't bring up the Odin Lloyd conviction in, during during the trial. And when you hear his one of his attorneys say after the trial was over, oh, Aaron is a nice kid who was caught up with other people who did the killing. Mm. You're like, oh my God, really? He's serving a life sentence without parole for killing another guy. I, they have the gun. They have all the, oh my, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, but, and so your argument about, no, he had a $40 million contract at the time. He couldn't have committed double murder. Well, he had a $40 million contract the next year too, didn't he? He didn't just, they didn't tear it up, the Patriots. He was still an NFL player in 2013 as well. And still was convicted of that murder from 2013. It's not about the truth. It's about what you can get those people to believe. And with without knowing any level of prejudice, what they're thinking, you, you don't know. You Someone can sit there on a trial and be voir dired by the prosecution, the defense, and they can just sit here and say, oh, they'll tell you a story. And oh, yeah, no, no, I can be fair. I can be fair. Meanwhile, in their head, it's, oh, yeah, no, I'm never voting You have for, been in that, that exact situation, have you not, where you go to jury duty, and you actually, they have 80 people where they need to narrow it down to 12 jurors, and they interview you one by one. Have you been in that? Oh, they, yeah, and they go through it, and they, they ask you, and they ask you, they, they ask you questions like, here's the case, you're worried. could you vote to convict someone if there's no weapon? Could you vote to uh, let someone go free if there was testimony from a family member? You know, certain things like that they ask. And you could tell the truth. You say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I just want to get on a jury because I want to do it. Or you could mean it. And then when it comes to it, well. Mm. Tell you, always go to trial. I always would. It's always worth the roll of the dice. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager. In for Mike Harmon, we are live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, is Marshawn Lynch a Raider or isn't he? Will Eli Manning get suspended or won't he? Find out, but first, here's what's trending. Well, it's official, Steve DeSager. In the update, Tom Looney said you broke up Kershaw's perfect wow. game. You blew it! broke it up my Fox Sports Radio, Steve DeSager. Put that on my resume. <laughs> you know, I did oh, have... Oh, yeah, on your Wikipedia page, yes, Steve DeSager. I, I, <laughs> broke up <laughs> Kershaw's perfect game in the fourth inning by mentioning it. I'll have you know my baseball highlight was my line drive single to right center at Dodger Stadium in the media game years ago. I think this may... This oh, this supersedes that. Yeah, oh, I yeah. broke up a Kershaw perfect game. Wow. I'd, I'd take all profiles down off social media. You, I would stay inside <laughs> in your home for the next week in L.A. I would do that. Joining us down the hotline to talk all the latest news in the NFL coming up in a couple minutes is going to be Jason Cole, our friend of the show, national NFL reporter for BleacherReport.com, an insider as well. Uh, I don't know if you can ruin anything for him. 
Can you ruin anything for Eli Manning? <laughs> I don't have this power uh, to begin with. Okay, did you? Okay. Marshawn Lynch is not signing with anybody. Right, I, well, uh, he well here's um, was Marshawn Lynch signed, and then you said, "Oh, he signed," and now that's not <laughs> well, happening. No, this one we knew in advance because okay. the Raiders don't own. He's not a free agent, right? Yeah. Okay, we we knew no, this in need, advance. He needed to be. There needed to be compensation between the Seahawks Wisely, and the Raiders. The, the Seahawks still have a hand in this. They can get something <laughs> out of this, right? I mean, you may as well, not not to uh, fiddle with a guy's career, saying you got to go through us or else you're never playing this sport again. <laughs> not that. But, you know, the Seahawks stand to get something out of this, right? Yeah, and it was reported earlier today that Marshawn Lynch uh, had been traded to the Raiders to sign a contract, and that did not happen. No. Marshawn Lynch tweeting out, when it happens, I'll tell you. So uh, that story is still up in the air, and hopefully when we get in touch with uh, Jason Cole, we will get there. But the Carmelo Anthony story, Steve, is something that still is, is, is the biggest story in, in sports tonight. With Phil Jackson saying earlier today, I told Carmelo Anthony, time for him to move on. Time to go play someplace else in the NBA. They try to trade him to the deadline this year, and they will look to move him in the offseason. But like the Marshawn Lynch thing, he has not moved on. No. He's they, still he, in ha- he has not waived his no-trade clause. No. They have not attempted a trade as we speak. Let's not jump because a year ago we could have had the same conversation. Where, oh, it seems they don't want Carmelo. It looks like he's not going to be a Nick anymore. Well, guess what? He played this whole last year with yeah. the New York Knicks. So <laughs> nothing's changed. He may not waive his no trade clause. No, they may say, screw you, Phil Jackson. That's right. I want you, I want you out. And I, I want you to explore your no trade clause, Phil Jackson. I'm happy not making the playoffs <laughs> the last four years and maybe another four. How about that? Uh, for the latest on Carmelo Anthony, because I know he knows from Bleacher Report. It's NFL insider Jason Cole. Go Aztecs, dudes. All right. Jay Cole, can you get Melo to waive his no-trade clause so the Knicks can trade him to the Clippers? Can I get the what? What would you just say? <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck on the Knicks. Just just say pass. Don't wait, you... wait a second. Just repeat what you just say. I said, can't you, you, can't you get Melo to waive his no-trade clause so the Knicks can trade him to the Clippers? Can I get Melo to do that? Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I'll call him tonight. All right. Oh, so he does have that power. He does, see? There's one yeah, I'll, I'll guy. Jason Cole knows a lot of people. I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit him up. He'll be right. cool. Hit him up and then hit up Marshawn Lynch to find out what's going on with the Raiders. I love the, I love the fact that it, that's like Marshawn Lynch against Mike Silver in that one. <laughs> and like they couldn't be any closer, and they're both Cal grads, so you like have Cal on Cal crime. It's awesome. <laughs> Just awesome. I didn't think of it. So what? Or, what oh yeah, what and was Ma- it Mike Silver. Oh, dude, I'm from the Palisades, bro. And like, and you have, you know, Marshawn Lynch, who's as hood as it gets. That's awesome. All right. So in a, in a fight, then who are you taking? In a fight between Michael Silver and Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. Please. I take his. I take Marshawn's pinky. What are you talking? about? I don't know. About? Well, well, that's what you're supposed to, as a writer, say. DJ, the pen is mightier than the sword. I thought that's what you're going to give me. Um, have you have you ever met Mike Silver? <laughs> a couple of times, actually. <laughs> yeah, like no, dude, he's 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 soft. He's way soft. He's not going to hurt anybody with, with his writing. It's all going to be oh, I was I was having coca Vaughn with this person out on the beach, and I was like that's all it's going to be. He's just fluff. Wow, so he's a, so he's a superstar, elitist NFL insider and reporter. Then is what you're saying. He's a fluffer. Okay. So there you go. That's my boy. I, lo- I love him, but he's a fluffer. 
you know that that word has a couple of different connotations yeah, yeah. to it. Yeah, just well, look. If you're from, I grew up in the valley. Okay. I know exactly what that connotation is. Okay. Uh, all right. I just, just all right. I just wanted just, to. You know. You know. Look. We've all been to Chatsworth, okay? Uh, we have all been to Chatsworth. Now, I've driven by Chatsworth. I've never actually been to Chatsworth. Well, it, we, you, you all got to go at one point in time in your life. Oh, okay. All right, we're getting a little deep here. This so, is getting a little tawdry, okay? So, what, what there, you mean, there you I, go. Didn't you guys have somebody working? Uh, never mind. I, never mind. I Let's asked go. you Let's about Marshawn Lynch, and, and you're with your go Aztecs, dude. We rock. Cal on Cal crime. Yes, exactly. All right, so you want to know about what do you want to know about Marshawn Lynch? Well, is he going to play again? Yes, he's going to play again. Is, this is he going happen? to play for the Raiders? Yeah, he's going to play for the Raiders, and it's all going to get done at some point in time. And the Seahawks are going to trade him for like you know a conditional seventh round pick, uh, maybe. You know, like it's not going to. They're not. They don't want him on the team, and so they will make sure that this deal gets done. So it's it's going to happen. And before we talk about Eli Manning, this is Steve and Jason. Thanks again for being on the show. It's good for me to actually be speaking with you because you've been on for years, and it's always said, <laughs> with the exception of the uh, uh, hairpin turn that we made at the beginning of this interview, the segments are always good. And as we oh, there's talk, always we, we hairpin try, turns. We try, we, try, we try a little bit here. So you want to know about Eli Manning now? It's, and... it's a no-brainer that something is askew, and he deserves to, the punishment, right? It's, it's probably a long ways down the line, but... Once that email is out, that's it, right? It, it doesn't look good. Um, but you know what? On the memorabilia, Any, for those anybody who, don't know who buys, let's just put, tell the story. Anybody who buys, like, this, buys um, memorabilia Helmets like and, this, yeah. just beware. Unless, unless you are, like, getting it off somebody's back and have, like, fo- you know, and can prove it. Like, don't believe anything of this stuff. Like it just—it's this is ridiculous. I there was a case years and years ago when I first started covering the NFL, where they were giving out what was it? Um, you know, like you know, they were they were cutting up jerseys. They were mm-hmm. cutting up game worn jerseys, right? And so at one point in time, they were advertising that Emmett, it was Emmett Smith's game worn jerseys, and and Emmett Smith was like, uh, "Wait a sec." I have every one of my jerseys. Nobody, <laughs> like, you can't have game-worn jerseys for me because I kept every single one of them, right? So they, there's your first problem with this. Like, if you're buying, if you're buying helmets, if you're buying gloves, if you're, you know, like, you get, you get whatever you get. And maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Look, I covered a... Hall of Fame quarterback earlier in my career, and people will be able to figure this one out pretty quickly. It won't take that long. But I know for a fact that the equipment guys used to sign a lot of stuff for him because he just got so many requests for signatures, you know, trading cards and all this other kind of stuff that he couldn't keep up. So the guys who worked in the equipment room perfected his signature and signed a bunch of stuff for him just to make sure that it got done so that people got you know, signed trading cards and signed balls and helmets and all this kind of stuff. This is what happens. So if you're if you're requesting that stuff, either get it directly from the person, pay for it yourself. Uh, but if you're getting it some other way, good luck. You know, it's it's a fifty fifty that it's real. I can't believe Geno Smith didn't have enough time to do that stuff himself. <laughs> you didn't have know. people do it for him. It's, it's, it was tough with Geno. 
you know, and, and, and Ryan going... Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> oh, was waylaid with information, you know, with, with requests. And Richard Todd, you, you know, it was tough for Richard Todd to keep up. And um, Browning Nagel, especially uh, tough for Browning Nagel. Yeah, very difficult, yeah. And how about Gio Carmazzi? No. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> this is like best of Jets quarterbacks. Like, this is this is going to be great. Right? Going on. Been going on. I was really... I've never covered the Jets, but I can name like every garbage one of them. Okay. Ken O'Brien. Now, was I was waiting fantastic. for Ken O'Brien. All right. You didn't say Boomer. You didn't say Testaverde. You didn't Boma, say Kenny. Norman Julius Esiason. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Jason Cole BR. That's at Jason Cole BR for all your NFL information. And he is also auctioning off memorabilia-wise an actual lunch half-eaten sandwich from I, I Arts have, Deli. I have, Babe, I have Babe Ruth's jersey from the Yankees. <laughs> go Aztecs, dude. I'm saying, right. yeah, go Aztecs, dude. All right. See you, buddy. Have fun. We'll Later. talk to you next Bye. week. Always fun with Jason Cole. Hairpin turns happen all the time in the interview, Steve DeSager. That was this that interview. Was. <laughs> so, and, hey, Jason, how are you doing? And that's the interview. Yeah, and there we go. And yeah. then it's just off in a different direction. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager in alongside me tonight. We'll have more NFL. But coming up next, I'll tell you how Carmelo Anthony's career was ruined on draft day. Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason. Alongside me, Steve DeSager, the perfect game ruiner, in for Mike Harmon tonight. Well, then I've done it many times in my career <laughs> if I have that power. Hey, he's got a no-hitter going later that same inning. Yeah, there's a lot of people on social media that really want a piece of you after what you did to Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> after what I did. Now, great news is a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more well, wait a minute. on car insurance. He got he, First off, he retired after I said he's got a perfect first He retired off, the next batter. He had a perfect game for an hour. You say, hey, everybody, guess what? Clayton Kershaw's got a perfect game through three innings. Okay, so what if he Two has Two minutes a, after that. What if he has a perfect game for another hour? What if he has through five or six? No, but it didn't. Me. No, you can't. It didn't. No, I'm asking how far you go on this. Oh, this guy's I'm got a sure power. He, he can't a, say anything. He would have had a perfect game until you open your mouth. <laughs> of course. So I'm going to wait till the eighth inning. Clayton Kershaw. Oh, he just hit a guy. So he's walked a guy <laughs> since. Is that also my fault? Yeah. Oh, well, no, okay. no. Once the perfect game is over, then the floodgates are open. Cat's out of the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. The, the, the fates of baseball are on to other things right now. Well, the fates of the Knicks, and you're going to go to it. I think I know where you're going with this. Once you mentioned the draft oh. of 2003, was it, when there were all those stars in the top five, oh, man. Carmelo included, and he wound up going to the Denver Nuggets. We mentioned earlier in the show how he was first round and out in the playoffs year after year after year, and not even close to winning first rounders year after year for most of his Denver career until the trade. Today, Carmelo Anthony and Phil Jackson have owned the news cycle with Phil Jackson telling Carmelo Anthony in a, in a personal meeting that it'd be better off if he played somewhere else. The Knicks haven't been able to win with him, so it's better off if he goes to play someplace else. And that's accurate for both parties, right? Yeah. They, well, they, well, they've not been able to win with him. No, you can't paint that any, any, any different that's way. Right. They've not been able to do it. So this became a very big story, and we've covered this from a lot of angles so far, but Carmelo Anthony, you and I had the conversation a few minutes ago, is that Phil Jackson knew who he was when he re-signed him two years ago. Maybe thought, I, you know, when the Knicks first got him, we can change him, but no, he was a one-dimensional scorer who's going to hold the ball, and he's not going to make anybody better, and he's not going to play defense. And probably not advance in the playoffs if you make the playoffs. <laughs> 
His career, I don't want to say was ruined because he still has had a pretty good career. Yes. But his career really was derailed on draft day in 2003. Now, this go back to 2003. This is LeBron James is coming out of high school, and the Cavaliers have the number one pick. And the hype behind LeBron James was unlike anybody in the history of the NBA. You knew he was going number one. Carmelo was coming off of winning the championship as a freshman with Syracuse. And there was no hotter name in college basketball than Carmelo Anthony. And Dwayne Wade had just gotten Marquette to the Final Four, right. I believe. And that was a shock, so he was, he was up there to pick. And... We thought, okay, we all thought, all right, well, Melo's going to go to the Pistons, who are picking second, except that didn't happen. The Cavaliers took LeBron James at number one, and as you know, if you know basketball history, Darko Milicic was selected by the Detroit Pistons and Larry Brown at number two. And the reaction was kind of like when Porzingis was drafted a couple years ago. Who yeah. is this guy? I can't I've believe ne- it. I've never heard of him. He's never going to do anything. In some cases, all of those things happen. That's actually correct. All of those things happen. So Milicic is taken second. Carmelo Anthony then falls to Denver. Then it goes Chris Bosh, and then Dwayne Wade gets picked. So you have a star power in the top five, except for everybody that that was not the Detroit Pistons. And then Chris Kamen to the Clippers, number six. It's too bad, man. He could have had the Kamen Island. What a great (laughs) nickname that would have been if he was actually good. But if he goes number two overall to Detroit, all right, think about this for Carmelo Anthony, the different career he has. He goes number two overall to Detroit. So he goes to a team. They were good then. They were good. And it's a lot of veterans. It was Rasheed Wallace and Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups, all guys, Tayshawn Prince, who were all very well respected in the NBA. Run by Dumars, I think, at the time. They were going to be good for another Mm -hmm. four or five years with or without him. He was exactly what they needed. He was going to be the scorer to come in and fill it up because they didn't really have that guy. He would have come in, would have learned under the veterans. They actually won the title the next year, beating the Lakers. Mm. And they got to the NBA Finals a year later and lost in seven games to the Spurs. If Carmelo goes to the Pistons, they still win the title his first year. Then they probably win the title the next year against the San Antonio Spurs because he gives them 20 points a game where they didn't have it before. In the end, he's got one or two titles his first couple of years in the league. He learns how to play defense because that was the hallmark of that Pistons team. Absolutely. And now you're looking at Melo's career 14 years later. Maybe he has three or four championships. He's become that complete player. But instead, he goes to Denver and he's got to fend for himself and you saw how things have gone. He gets taken by the Pistons, which is what should have happened. And Carmelo's career is, we're talking about him having a LeBron-type influence on games. Instead, if he actually shoots 45% from the floor in a season, we said, whoa, that was a good shooting year for Carmelo. He's a scorer, not a shooter. And you brought up those terms earlier. There's a huge difference in basketball and especially in NBA basketball. He's a scorer and will be in the Hall of Fame because he's a scorer. 877 on Fox, Twitter, at How About a Fresca. Coming up next, I'm pretty sure an MLB legend hates me after what I said today. Fox, Michael Harmon is going to completely beat the crap out of you because it took him a year and a half to get in the open. <laughs> and then the last two nights, Ephraim Salam, he's in the open. DeSager tonight, you're in the open. Apparently, I do have some power. You do. Listen, you ruined Clayton Kershaw's perfect game earlier tonight. So now we're taking you out of the open. No more Steve DeSager in the open. That's, he's got to be out. I mean, you can't go out in L.A. ever again. Really? In a city of 8 million people? Oh, they'll I find you. Blend Where's in. that DeSager? No, where is he? Where is he? I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. <laughs> By the way, I, I can kudos to Michael Harmon for the job he normally does on the show. It's great to be in this chair. And with that memorabilia story this week with Eli Manning, 
That's the guy that should have been in this chair when that broke yesterday, right? Eli Manning? No, no. <laughs> Mr. Memorabilia, <laughs> Michael Harmon. Because that had been an issue or a case, if you want to call it that, for years, right? It's just that the emails had been released from Eli Manning, right? It just yeah. that it came out in New York paper this week that he said, hey, can we make this look game used, essentially, <laughs> right? Let's scrape it up and make it look pretty good. Throw I some dirt on it. I don't know how you trust anything that's memorabilia now. How, oh, how not do you know just the God is true? As I was going to mention with our guest last hour, I remember years ago, there was a story on baseball memorabilia with the you know fake signatures, and they handed I mean a boatload of stuff to Tony Gwynn at the time and said of, of his signature stuff, is this yours? And he goes one after nope, that's not me. Nope, <laughs> nope, that's not. It's been going on for many years, and just like Jason Cole said, if you're if you're not actually there or you don't have video of the guy signing. I mean, how do you know half the stuff? Hey, I saw the guy taking the jersey out of Brady's bag and putting it in his own. No, I know that's Brady's jersey, but he got golden headphones. You don't ever, ever have to worry about that happening to the Jets. <laughs> no, people because want... Because their game-worn stuff is worth less. No, the game-worn stuff is very clean, well, that's except exactly. for the quarterback's jersey. It's worth way less because <laughs> so, they played in it. It's so clean, you don't know if it's game-worn. That's the problem. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of Steve DeSager ruining perfect games, as he ruined Clayton Kershaw's perfect game Zach Granke, in the show. Granke has allowed five runs, and they're only in the fifth inning at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, the, the big pitching matchup tonight between Kershaw and Granke has not turned out to be in the favor of uh, Zach Granke. The Dodgers just put their fifth run across. So, Kershaw, who no longer has a perfect game, has a 5 nothing lead in the fifth inning. This is the matchup, the most expensive pitching matchup, in Major League Baseball history because of the salaries per year of Clayton Kershaw and Zach Granke. And also it's guys that when they were Dodger pitchers together had win-loss records of something like 104 and 34 in those seasons. What I wanted to know if tonight either was going to get a hit off the other because they were so competitive in the batting cage for Mm -hmm. pitchers BP those few years that Granke was a teammate of Kershaw, but combined they're 0 for 3 at the plate. Too bad. 877-99 877-99 on Fox. Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. Steve DeSager and I live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. That means you go to geico.com right now and see how much you can save. Speaking of the Dodgers, I, I need we need to do an experiment here. It was earlier today I filled in on AM570, our, our, our station here in Los Angeles. The Dodgers station. Yes, the Dodgers station uh, where the Dodgers games are on, and I filled in with Bill Plaschke. L.A. Times writer, you see him on Around the Horn on ESPN for the last 15 years. So he and I are on, and we're talking about tonight's game between Kershaw and Granke. And his point was, he brought up the point that you think the Dodgers are going through Granke withdrawal, that they now looking back at things a year and a half later, should they have signed him? Now, my point was, of course not, because paying for starting pitching is a bad investment. Because a guy well, like Granke, overpaying, overpaying. Over, well, no, but anytime you have to pay for a length of term for a guy, That's it. six or seven years, it's a bad investment. Because Zach Granke, at some point, this contract is going to be awful because someone's next pitch might be their last. Anybody that signed a $120 million contract in baseball history, all the pitch where you can say you've seen most of their contract, 
It's been awful after a couple of years. It's never worked. Yeah. So I'm not Mike a fan. Hampton and yeah, on down the list. I'll it's pay. A long list. I'll pay guys for two or three years. Certainly, but if something happens, I got to be able to get out of it. And Zach Granke, for those who don't know the current six-year contract, he left Dodger Stadium simply because he could opt out and get more money elsewhere. He wasn't attached to the Dodgers that much that he would stay and give him a so-called hometown discount. So he goes to Arizona, and for these six years, starting last season, he's making about $35 million per year, a guy who will at most be playing 35 games in a season as a starting pitcher. And this is going to go on through 2021, people. And he had an ERA of, what, four and a half last year? (laughs) Probably has an ERA of that now after a couple of starts so far this year. He gives up five runs. In five innings at Dodger Stadium tonight. Grinky got paid a million dollars tonight to give up five runs in five innings. And I mean, that's ten, basically what it is. And ten hits. He's already <laughs> thrown well over 100 pitches. <laughs> it's done. And this is, I, I couldn't agree with you more on the length of contract for any starting pitcher. Once, and I'll pull out a name from the past, once Mike Morgan was getting five-year mm-hmm. contracts mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher, I, I felt like standing outside and screaming to every major league team, what are you doing? <laughs> and yet it gets up to six and seven years and beyond the CC Sabathia contract with oh, the yeah. Yankees. I mean, it just doesn't end. And from a player's perspective, you know, go ahead, ask for it. If you get it, if they're stupid enough to give it to you, great. That's guaranteed money for you and the next seven generations of your family, as long as you don't spend like a typical athlete. But it's insane that this is still a problem in baseball. And it is a problem. And so, Granky is uh, the current Exhibit A. Right. So this is the, the, the conversation we're having. We're talking about, not, and I say, investing in starting pitching, it's a bad idea. That, that philosophy is overrated. It's not, it's not something you should be doing. Long term. Right. Yeah. So we're having this discussion, and then Justin Frostberg, our producer, who is also producing for us here at 570, had Oral Hershiser calling in, you know, former Dodger great, World Series champion, current Dodger analyst on television. Mm-hmm. Earl Hershiser was calling in to talk Dodgers with us. So we were talking about Granke and Kershaw. And oh, he I, wasn't reacting that. to your kind. He no, was no, no. coming on as a he guest was, anyway. He was coming on, but he was listening mm-hmm. before he came on. So I want you to listen to what Hershiser had to say during the interview, okay. and I want you to tell me afterwards if he hates me. Okay? <laughs> so we make the point about paying for starting pitching, overrated, bad philosophy. I welcome Oral Hershiser to the show, and I said, Oral, how you doing? And here was his first response. I'm overrated. <laughs> hey, Oral. Now, Oral, now you've got a voice. I'm, a over, I, I'm only going to be on for a couple seconds because I'm an overrated starting pitcher. So right away, I'm like, oh, he's not happy That's right. with what I said. I'm like, okay, but let's see if he's joking around. Not sure. Let, 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 let's, let's wait and see. So he tells a story about his, uh, how he's going to broadcast the game tonight. He had a, a very hoarse voice and was hoping his voice was going to sound better for the game tonight. So he answers that question, but before you can ask another one, he decides, I want to go back to the overrated thing from when I first came on. I'm still overrated as a starting pitcher, but I know now, my broadcasting abilities are. I'm fighting through. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> now, hang on a second. Now, all right, let, Oral. I, what do you mean, hang on? Yeah, what do you mean, hang on? What do you mean, hang on? You're probably you're online. You have a website. You have all these places that you just ripped all starting pitchers. How do you think you get to the bullpen? With In, a lead. Oral, investing in starting pitching is a bad situation. It's a bad strategy. It doesn't work out. How many guys that sign $120 million contracts 
at by the midway point of the deal, it's all right. Well, we got to get out of this because someone's not healthy, someone's ineffective. You can't you can't invest in starting pitching for the long haul. It's it's a bad strategy. Yeah. So you did this. You did the medical study about just starting pitchers. You you eliminated shortstops, left fielders, right fielders, catchers. Every every day, guys. I didn't say every day, guys. I just said starting pitching. Yeah, I think. I think the number 120 million should just be set off to the side. I think you should only evaluate contracts on length, not on the amount. On amount, that just changes with the economy of baseball. Like starting players get X amount of dollars. You know, really good starting pitchers get X amount of dollars. So I think we just look at length of contracts. And anytime you sign somebody over three years, you are taking a big risk. All right, so that was the second thing Hershiser had to say. So he kind of comes around to my point yeah. about the length of time. And, and the reason we talk about the money is because that's what guys are getting paid per season. It's $120 million for seven years. It's You're getting paid 25 and $30 million a year for year four, five, six, and seven. That's right. It's just math at that point. But, However, I would say in Oral Hershiser's uh, career, I doubt he got anything more than a three-year contract because right. that wasn't happening then. So he still went with the overrated thing, was, you know, talked about you have webs, all this stuff, you've done all this research on this. So Oral is a little salty. And then when I, you know, said goodbye to him and thanks for coming on the show, here was Oral's goodbye. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Hey, you guys, you, half of you are really good hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at the stadium. I thought at least I'd be overrated, you. Oral. So that was the goodbye. So now I ask you this. Yes. You've, you know, you've covered the Dodgers for a long time. Oral Hershiser is the nicest guy in the yes. world. Nicest guy in the world. Does he hate me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he can't stand you. I, I, and I think it's unfortunate because I think when we... Wait, no, on... no wiggle room there? No, no, maybe. No, really? No, he hates me? Well, I don't think he hates your daughter or anything like okay. that. I don't think this goes <laughs> to the next generation. Okay. But I, I think it's just a matter of semantics. I don't think he had to be so put off by you because he said your point, which is mm. pitchers' contracts need to be evaluated on length. It's long-term deals that we have a problem with. He even said over three years, it's a risk. So it's semantics. You actually are both arguing that same point. Buddy, but he still hates me. Because I, I think it's it's kind of like your whole system quarterback with Steph Curry thing. Oh, okay. It All just right. gets down to one little phrase that people think you don't even think Steph Curry's a good player anymore. <laughs> You see where this is going? That's why people hate you. I think that's what he heard at okay. the beginning. All right. Now, Frostberg, you talked to him before he went off the air. Did, did he say anything? Yeah, he bleeping hates you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't ever put me on with that guy again. I upset the nicest guy in even, the world. Even worse, he's dismissing <laughs> and, you. And you're banned from Dodger Stadium. I, can, I can't get a Dodger dog and again. And you can never go on uh, Sportsnet or whatever the hell they call it these days. The channel that yeah. nobody gets. But don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, really? I can't go on a don't channel worry. that nobody sees? Nobody was going to see you anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do that every day. <laughs> I could do a better show in my car by myself. <laughs> for, for all I know, Kershaw's still pitching a no-hitter. <laughs> nobody in L.A. knows that currently. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. I I, I, I was kind of surprised because when he first comes on and says, I'm overrated, I'm like, oh, he's, and then oh, he, no, he's, he's, he's. He thought you were yeah. insulting all starting yeah. pitching, like it had no importance in the game. Right, right. Like I was if saying, you, yeah, we don't even need starting no, pitching. No, no. Yeah. I'll go back to the CC Sabathia contract. If you could get Sabathia for three or four years at that time, do it. Great. But I think we all knew at the time he wasn't going to be good for seven to ten years. No. And no. only the Yankees could assume such a ridiculous contract in the first place. Mm. Oral Hershiser. Oh, well, well, you know, maybe we can uh, 
Uh, I don't know what we can do. I don't think there's anything we it's can irreparable. do. It's irreparable. Yeah, it's it's done now. That's it. It's done. I think it would only take uh, maybe the work of Desmond Tutu <laughs> at this point to put you back together. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager in for Mike Harmon. Hopefully we get Earl Hershiser to come in and do the show with us one night. That, that'll be <laughs> happening when Michael Harmon is here and you are on vacation. Is that guy off? Oh, then I'll come in and do it, but not if he's working. I hope they're all dead. Oh! <laughs> Now everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Was that a clip from Aaron Hernandez's trial earlier oh! today? Oh, wow, you're going to hell suddenly. Sorry about that. Wow, you ruined a perfect game, and I'm going all the way to hell. <laughs> I'm going to put the pedal to the metal on that. going to drive that right in. He's innocent of two killings, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Just want that out there for the record. Oh, my goodness. Now, if you got a lot of stuff to do, add one thing to your list. It's not that big a deal. How about if it's save hundreds of dollars on car insurance? The good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more in car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Coming up next, a story that is just so incredibly silly, well, we have to do it, Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, alongside me, Steve DeSager, in for Mike Harmon tonight. Oh, by the way, just got a text from Mike Harmon, yes? who listened to us play the Oral Hershiser audio from my interview with him earlier today, and he wrote back, wow, yeah, he hates you. So <laughs> It's unavoidable. Yeah, it's inescapable. I, nicest guy in the world. I found a way to have him hate me. And I agree that, I must repeat, it's, it's sad, because it was so avoidable, you two. It's so avoidable. You campy little kids. Couldn't we get you back together sometime? You know, like when they get bands back together 25 years later. Oh, oh come on. Oh, shucks. Uh, if Axel and, Axel and Slash can get back together, That's yeah, right. well, it'll happen. There's money to be had. It's like the Eagles' <laughs> Hell Freezes Over tour. That's even, the only even reason. Pink Floyd started touring, and David Gilmore, oh, my God, they, and Roger Waters, they wouldn't go past the midway point of the stage because each guy. They, when, when Pink Floyd, they hated each other so much, David Gilmore and Roger Waters, when they reunited, it was in the 90s, I think, at some point, they had line, a line <laughs> on the stage, and it was, David Gilmore won't go past this line. And Roger Waters won't go past this line. This is and like, they played together. This is like Skipper yeah. and Gilligan when they have a beef in the hut right. and they have to share it still. <laughs> Draw a little chalk line down the middle. What do you got, Golden Ed Fuzz? I don't think you understand how much he really hates you. What, what do you mean I understand? This is not fixable. You're, you're comparing it to bands. Do you think Axel ever said to Slash, you're overrated? I never, I never said... Oral Hershiser was overrated. He I thought said, you were dissing all of starting pitching. I said pitching. Paying, overpaying for starting pitching is overrated, and That's, it's a bad philosophy. You should have said long-term deals because then he would have agreed with you. But he, I never said all, his name. I he, never said He thought you overrated. were dissing all starters like no, it has I, no value <laughs> on a roster. I never, don't put words in my mouth of what the interview wasn't. Were, don't were you say a, that. I didn't say that. That's why he reacted that. Were you a communications major? Of course I was. This was a poor communication, I think. You know, look, he he didn't have to react like that. What you're doing is like the people on Twitter when I said, if I'm the Jets, I trade the number six pick for Richard Sherman because he's that made a whole big reason for why they should trade for Richard Sherman. And people disagree with me. And it went from Richard Sherman, what, he's 28 years old. How many years does he have left? He's almost 29 years old. He's only got a year left. He's going to be a 30-year-old cornerback. <laughs> I'm going, in a span of three minutes, people are like, he he's went aged. from 28 to yeah. 30 years old. I mean, it's, that's no, no, it's not. Just back up for a second. Here's why Brady's the greatest of all no, time. No, 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 no. That was a tape. I, I, I. 
I know. I didn't say that. That's not me. That's not me. That was, you know what that was? That I, was Oral Hershiser. No, I believe Jets fan did say that. He, and they he, have a tape and they'll keep playing it. He came on the show and said that. <laughs> well, if Oral and I are not a match, well, maybe you could find your match. Oh, very good. At match.com. You must have been a communications major, sir. <laughs> TJ. Look at that. Don't try that at home. <laughs> Dating can be difficult, so if you're not using Match, you're missing out. Start searching and connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H, Match.com. Are we going to talk about a certain menu item that seems to be a match? There is a very important menu item we have to talk about today, because it's Friday night, and if there's ever a night to talk about toasted grasshoppers, (laughs) it's Friday night. At the ballpark. Maybe you remember this story from about a week or so ago when Safeco Field announced for this year they were going to offer toasted grasshoppers as a menu item. For the Mariners game. Yes, for the Mariners game. Not just you can go to Safeco Field and get toasted grasshoppers. A local restaurant whose specialty was toasted grasshoppers has a stand at a location, rather, at Safeco Field, and they were offering toasted grasshoppers. Now, apparently, it's a four-ounce cup, four yes. bucks. Grasshoppers toasted in chili lime salt. Now, that's a, number one for anything at a ballpark for $4. That's a pretty good deal, right. but it's toasted grasshoppers. This menu item took off. They gave it to people who were coming to broadcast the games and, and here, try it, try it, try it. And now they sell out every night of their amount because you can only have so many toasted grasshoppers. It's not like pizza where we keep having dough. No, it was you can about, only have so many grasshoppers. It was about 300 cups of the stuff per mm. night for each of their first three home games, so now they're going to cap it at about 300. Right. They have, they're capping it at 312 per night because that was Edgar Martinez's lifetime batting average. That's, That's a true good. story. That's good. So before we get hip deep into this, do you think there was at least one guy walking around Safeco that said, you know, if we run out of grasshoppers, Cockroaches kind of look <laughs> no. like grasshoppers. I mean, no. a little bit. I mean, well, if you, when you fry them up, they may look very similar. We could make money off that here at our <laughs> studios. Uh, I like how whenever a menu item like this comes up, it's oh the ball, the protein and to- you know what? I can have steak. So they say and not have toasted grasshoppers. Well, actually, I looked it up, and the L.A. Times once called Los Angeles the Chapulines capital of the United States. Really? That's, that's it's the Mexican delicacy of the crunchy grasshoppers which are plentiful after rainy season, and then they're toasted. The crunchier, the better, so it's not leathery and chewy. (laughs) Chapulines is what they're serving, only available fresh after the rainy months among the alfalfa fields in Mexico. Okay, so that, that's not chupacabra. That's, no. that's uh, Okay, all right. <laughs> no, that would be uh, goat's head, something else. Okay, yeah. so now there's not enough beer in the world for me to try Toasted Grasshopper. I can't believe they sell... That much agreed at Safeco. That's thousands of grasshoppers. And, and people are trying. I mean, I think Colin Coward tried one on on his show either today or yesterday. And and all the the teams that have come into Safeco so far, they've given them to their play by play teams to try, and they've all tried them. I would say, yeah, you know what? No, not going to do it. Not and it's it. No, I'm not going to do it. I agree. Here's a grasshopper's walking around in sunny. Oh, in a vat of oil. But it's great marketing to do that. Exactly what you're talking about. Visitors. So they can spread the word. People in the other booths trying the new menu item. They've done that at Dodger Stadium when a couple years ago there was a Tommy Lasorda's Pizza opening a, a stand down beyond right field. And so they served to the media that night the slices of the actual Tommy Lasorda's Pizza. They're going to have it stand. Three innings later, we were still chewing. I'm not, <laughs> oh, my I'm not God. Kidding. Okay. I'm not sure if it's there, but the menu item they tried out for uh, on the first week of the home, uh, the first home stand at Dodger Stadium was I forget the name of it, but it was a burger 
with sliced hot dogs on top of that and caramelized onions. It was so tall that only certain media members had mouths big enough to be able to. Some did, I'll just say for the record, to be able to <laughs> Who's consume Who's got a big this. enough mouth to eat this? <laughs> I can't eat it. It's too big. Can't eat it. Some people more in the first row than the third row. I'll just say that. What do you got, Golden Headphones? They're getting off easy eating grasshopper. You don't have to. Let me, wait, let's if say, I had to watch the Mariners to. every day, I'd be eating way worse. <laughs> Especially how they started this season. I, I don't get how that becomes become such a big thing. How many people, yeah, let's try it. It's a grass. People it, buy it, bring it back to their section. It's so I can tell you that I yeah. did it. I mean, but there's lots of cool things I'd rather do than say okay. I ate a grasshopper. Absolutely. Because you can never uneat a grasshopper. Because going back to school, uh, well, uh, write that down on your tombstone, you can, by the way. Well, what I mean by that is that there's certain things that you can, in your life, there's something, you did, memories you can block out. And that's out. why you don't you do it. You can do that. Yeah, you're right. I, you could never uneat a grasshopper. You will take that memory with you the rest of your lifetime. I ate a grasshopper. That's okay. right. Like that rugby team that ate something else in the Andes. Oh, wow, wow, you're really going, <laughs> wow, that's next level right there. You can never, but, you never get past but that. But this goes back to school when someone says, okay, I'll give you a quarter if you can drink all that hot sauce in 10 seconds or whatever mm-hmm. and you'll feel awful for just a little bit but you'll do it for the money everybody has their price of something in this case they're actually paying to eat the grasshoppers yeah. i'll give you four dollars and i'll eat none of them i mean i wonder how much of them actually go eaten like because i guarantee you that most of the people that buy buy it to hey it's a fun thing I'm, oh yeah let's grab yeah. It. and they bring them back to the Can't section yeah. and maybe a couple people try them and then they just sit there so they really need for two dollars a starter set cup and yeah, it, like the cup is too big. Like what you should do is there should four be four ounces. Like, four ounces is too big. Well, because how how heavy your grasshoppers? They're very light. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, how do you catch them? I mean, you have like late at night, like guys out with butterfly nets. <laughs> got one. Got one. Got one. So, and we'll take it back to the grasshopper farm and hope the grasshoppers mate. You're. I mean, how do you do that? You're implying that they don't spray them dead and then cook them and serve them. That has to be avoided somehow. No, I think. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe the chili lime. lime salt really kind of takes away no, any I, of the pesticides south of the border. But if you get a bad, but if you get a dead grasshopper, isn't that like you know why you don't eat fruit when it falls from a tree and hits the ground because you don't know that's you know, right. You, you it's on eat. the way to bad. No, so you capture the grasshopper and then you bring it back. I mean, do you get paid by the grass? Do they pay like people buy the grasshopper? How many grasshoppers you got? I got fifty grasshoppers. So oh, they'd be plentiful after here's, rainy here's thirty dollars. You could just scoop them up. And then incinerate Put them. In my them. Pocket, that's how they. Get, them that's like how that. they get crispy. You could scoop them up live. Not enough beer in the world <laughs> to for eat them. toasted grasshoppers. Oh, agreed. And totally now, agreed. so now they're putting a cap on them. Well, I can't in, believe tonight's Ken Griffey night at Safeco. They didn't give Griffey any gra- toasted grasshoppers to eat. They're saying they put a cap on it, but again, the average was about three hundred cups a night, and the cap is three twelve. <laughs> so talk about your marketing. They're really making it sound like. We are so sold out. There are 200 other cups that would have been sold on other nights. No, no, there weren't. You haven't sold 500 cups of this at all in any of the nights so far. And meanwhile, there's a big meeting going on with grasshoppers in the wild going, hey, you've heard the rumors. They're true. (laughs) They're frying us up and serving them. So everybody be careful. Go out with a buddy. Don't go near a net. All right? All right. Now, we got to remember, grasshopper party two coming to theaters near you. So a grasshopper goes into a bar. (laughs) You've heard that one. Oh, sure. <laughs> Twitter, how about a fresco on the Jason Smith Show? Jason, hey, we have a drink named after Steve, you. Steve and the DeSager. grasshopper says, you have a drink named Mike? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, we'll get back into the biggest story of the night from the NBA. But first, here's what's trending. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Thank goodness there's no song with grasshopper in it, because I thought that's what we'd hear here.
Jason, Steve DeSager. What was the old kung fu? Come closer, oh, grasshopper. Come closer, young grasshopper. Yeah, right. Why? So you can cook me up and bring me to Safeco? <laughs> Not happening. I'm staying over here. If they can get four bucks a cup. <laughs> Perfect game ruiner, Steve DeSager. Hey, and by the way, he has walked a batter since. <laughs> Seven sensational innings for Clayton Kershaw against me, the Diamondbacks. Let, let me just stop here before we get to Carmelo Anthony. Let me just stop here and, and, and catch everybody up. Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through three innings tonight for the Dodgers. So he had a perfect game for about an hour. Steve DeSager decides in the beginning of the show to remind everybody, hey, Clayton Kershaw has a perfect game. Now I'm going to ask you questions. I just want you to answer them. Okay. Standing by. Two minutes after you said Clayton Kershaw has a perfect game, what happened? Uh, yeah, it was within five minutes. There was yeah, a okay. flyout single and a walk. Uh, but no, what was, it? what was that second one? There was an out first, yeah, okay. then a single and a walk. So after you your words had and, time. And those you, are the only base runners tonight, that single and walk. After your words had time to get into the atmosphere. There's a, th- there's a <laughs> word for right. that now. When you say something, you make it happen. It's, it's into the bloodstream, you well, mean? No, it's, no, there's an actual phrase for it. Like, if, if you put it out there, if you say something, it, it could happen. Oh, yeah. I don't know what. There's a, there's a word for it Like, now. I'm making truth. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you say it, two minutes later he gives up a hit. Now, how many hits has he given up since you said he's got a perfect game? No other hits or walks other than the back-to-back hit and walk. You're okay. killing your father, Larry. So, so really, you are the one who is responsible for Clayton Kershaw not having a perfect game tonight. Boy, if I had that power. In okay, the... if I've had that power and I'm a Dodger fan, how is it that they haven't been to the World Series since 1988? All right, one o- more. One... Over the line to Sager. <laughs> One more thing I want to say, and then we'll get to Carmelo. Did or did not Tom Looney begin his update oh, after well, that must, happened? Must be true then, sure. By saying Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers pitcher, had a perfect game going until it was broken up by Fox Sports Radio Steve DeSager. That's correct. He did say that. So that was in an update. So that means it's official. Oh, it's true. Yeah. So you so because you know you got to put true stuff. You can't put fake stuff in the updates. There's no such thing as fake news, of course. No, you can't do that. It All will right. not hear. All right. So there we go. So now we know that Steve DeSager <laughs> is the one responsible. Uh, earlier today, Carmelo Anthony was basically cast aside by the New York Knicks. Phil Jackson, Knicks president, had a meeting with Melo saying, I think it's best if we go our separate ways. Time they wish. For you. Yeah, they want it. Now, Melo is still a Nick. He has a couple more years under his contract, and he has a no-trade clause. But Phil Jackson told Melo, listen, it's time for us to part ways. We haven't been able to win with you, and it's best if you pursue your career with another team. It's got to be handled a little bit gently because, like I said, Melo still has a no-trade clause, and Phil Jackson is hoping to just convince Melo and beat him down enough mentally to accept a trade wherever he can figure one out. And, yeah, you, Phil, talking right now, saying we really would like to part ways with him, you're the front office that has to find a deal to be able to part ways with him. This Mm -hmm. doesn't behoove you in a business sense to have this conversation. I, as a media member, appreciate the honesty in how he responded. This was in response to a media question today. But you already haven't been able to deal him before. How does this make that easier? I get that Phil is getting a lot of flack for what happened today. And he should. We've, we've We've gotten to that a lot during the show tonight. But when it comes to Carmelo, this is the reality with Mel. Not not about what he is on the court, because we've talked about him as a player and who he is. But when he said yesterday, what do you want out of the Knicks? I just want to win. I just want to win. That's lip service. Yes. Carmelo doesn't care about winning. And I'm not saying he doesn't care about winning because he wants to stay a member of the New York Knicks. And he was great with the gold medal U.S. team, yes, by the way. Yes, yes. But Melo is 
Just because he says he cares about it, he's smart. He knows I have to say winning. I can't say I care about my stats. I care about all-star games. He has to say I care. But nothing that he's done in his career has shown me that he cares about winning. Because he's still 20 shots a game (laughs) for his career. He enjoys a good image, right? Melo's image in the NBA is pretty good. He talks to the press. He's very nice, always respectful, doesn't blow up at them. Even when Phil Jackson is taking shots at him, he still is a guy that's always he's always been a stand-up guy. Doesn't go crazy on Phil. He's become an NBA leader. Him and LeBron and, and Wade, remember they came together last year when all that horrendous uh, assassinations and killings were going on in, in the United States right. last year with police and people in police custody. He's done a lot of great things. He, he wants to be an NBA leader. Even today, a measured response to what we're talking about, to yeah. Phil's comments today. He's thinking about a post-NBA career now. Chris Broussard came on the show with us the other night, and he said, this is what Melo's behavior says to me. He wants to enjoy something post-NBA because he knows it's not that much longer because you know he's got his knees are, are iffy, and he's only 32, 33, but, but the by last 35 five years, he might be done. Say, yeah. Here's how you can know for certain Carmelo doesn't care about winning. Has he ever taken less money? Did he take less money from the Knicks? No. He got every single dollar he could out of the, not to say that you know what you shouldn't, but LeBron it, took less money. Wade took. They all took yeah. less money to come to Miami and play together. You're, you're you're in a salary cap league. That's the difference here. We're, we've talked about baseball salaries in an earlier segment. You could go to the moon with your total baseball mm-hmm. salary, your payroll per team. This is a salary cap league NBA. Has he helped entice free agents to come to New York? Has he sold New York as a destination? He has not. They've not been able to get anybody. Has he learned the triangle? <laughs> which is what Phil Jackson wanted to do, saying you can thrive in the triangle. We, you were paying you all this money. You need to learn the triangle. And Carmelo Anthony did not do it. He remained an isolation scorer who holds the ball. And don't you agree that theoretically he could have thrived in that because the triangle simply goes for passing to get open shots? You can still wait a few more seconds to get the ball That's if you right. want to hold it and shoot it. But he's never done that. He's got one triple-double in his career. I mean, you think about that. For the wow. 13 years, he's got one triple-double. Has he ever spoken like he's the leader of the Knicks? He has not. He has answered questions about himself. He's answered questions and, and, and very openly about it, but he's never taken that role as leader, knowing full well that this is the role you have to get when you get paid that kind of money Absolutely. to be the best player on your team. He has not done that. On a team that has missed the playoffs four years in a row now, and from a guy, Carmelo Anthony, as we mentioned earlier in the show, that in his playoff career is more often than not one and done, so to speak. He is, with very few exceptions, out in the first round if he makes the playoffs at all. And this is a long career. Has he ever altered his game to defer to a a teammate? He is not. Has he ever raised the level of play in the Knicks? Has he ever raised the other players able to do that? He has not done that. And he will go in the Hall of Fame, we all agree. He, he will, yeah, because he's because he's scoring twenty eight points a game for his entire career. He's a great scorer. And when guys can do that well, he, you can't just send the all time three point leader to the you know for whatever reason. But you can send a guy scoring like him. If Allen Iverson gets the Hall of Fame, Carmelo gets the Hall of Fame. Well, well there were assists in in Iverson's there career. Was a few, well, yes. Allen also shot you know six of thirty seven every night. <laughs> Melo's only been doing that for a couple of years. But all of these things, Melo has not done. These are all traits of what a player will do if he really wants to win. He has never tried to do it. He has been a guy that either did not want to take it on, never thought of what he had to do to take it on, or realized that's too much pressure and I'm not going to do it. For whatever reason, you can't tell me he cares about winning. If he really cared about winning, when he could have gotten out of the Knicks, 
he would have left it, to a team that was better. But because the Knicks could give him a little bit more money, when you're talking about a difference between $100 million, $129 million, oh, I'm going to go with the Knicks. Everything he's done, he's never shown, I really want to win. So when I hear it from him, I know it's just lip service. It is lip service. It's kind of like it reminds me of the Mark Zuckerberg movie. It's, if your clients were the inventors of Facebook, they would have invented Facebook. <laughs> If Carmelo was that player, he would have been that player. It's a long enough career. We know who he is now. You're not insulting him. You, what, that long list, uh, you didn't create those insults just now. 877 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager, in for Mike Harmon. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will about a mile after it hits you. So stop because trains can't. Coming up next, something that, I've been waiting to do all day long. So we're going to do it, Fox. I'm very, very excited Shut about Shut up, it. Tim. It's not you. Or is it? No, it's not. <laughs> but is it really? No, it's not. Uh, but is it really? No, it's not. But is it really? All right, it's not. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Good news. There's a quick way you can save money. Good news. Good news. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Steve DeSager in for Mike Harmon tonight. Mike Harmon is drunk somewhere in Los Angeles. No, he's a, he's, he's a fine family man. We're dragging his good name through the no, mud. Every every time he's been off this week, I've said Mike Harmon is drunk somewhere. That's what I've just said. That's how it goes. So he was drunk in where? The Midwest, and now he's come back toward the West Coast, and he's back next week, right? Yeah, he's, he comes back on Monday. Okay. He tweeted me earlier this hour and said, yes, Oral Hershiser does hate you, so there's that. <laughs> we have confirmation from a third party. By the way, Clayton Kershaw, a two-hitter through eight oh. at Dodger Stadium. All right, now 7 nothing. Tolls just homered, so the big, granky Kershaw pitching matchup going Whoops. decidedly in favor of Clayton Kershaw. In other words, Granke, who's making about $35 million a year for mm. six years total yeah. on that Diamondbacks deal, ERA over four last year, and this puts his ERA early season over four this year. Today, the last Jedi trailer came out, and it was all over social media today for the new movie, Last Jedi, which comes out, new Star Wars movie that comes out in December, and I was extremely excited. You know, two-minute trailer came out, and it's showing all the all the shots of of what they've done so far. And I Love think this. they're very smart in not over in not showing a long trailer, so fans can't go. Wait a minute, how come that wasn't in the movie like it was with Rogue One? Because that's the only <laughs> thing I can say about Rogue One is that some cool things in the trailer weren't in the movie because there were so many reshoots. But Rogue One was still the best of all the Star Wars movies. And really? Be- oh, Rogue One was so incredible. More well than done. Episode Five. Oh yeah. Oh, it would that because that <laughs> was my agrees. favorite. Because because Empire was my favorite, uh-huh. but Rogue One was just done. it was where everything came together. The acting was good, the effects were great, uh, the story was good. I mean, everything came together. It was it good. was it was thrilling, and it was so, it was different. It was awesome. And don't overdo it with the ability to have dead actors speaking. Yeah, Can I just that's say true. that you do that. We'll get Peter. You know, Peter Cushing will be in a bunch more movies. That's right. But I will. Right. One thing I'm going to say: you couldn't have Princess Leah do that many lines, for example, because no. she didn't look as good as he did with the with the CGI. No, no, that's true. But before we get to something very special tonight, I will say this: though, without spoiling, if you haven't seen the trailer, I mean, it's a trailer, so I'm not saying anything. No, I'm you not can saying spoil anything it. from you know the movie. Most trailers have too much information in yeah. them. My desire to see Luke is, like, through the roof now. Well, that's good. Because, you know, he's only in a little bit of The Force Awakens, and 
it was okay because we had everybody else. You had Han Solo it, and Chewie and Princess Leia and, and 3PO and R2-D2 had the new characters. It was okay. It leads you there, leaves you wanting more. Yeah. And you, you also need to establish the new heroes Certainly. because if you have Luke in Force Awakens, suddenly do I care that much about Rey and Finn? Because, okay, because now I got Luke. Those are the two new characters for yeah. those who are not following along with your cliff notes. But now that we're on to the next movie... That my desire to see Luke, and it's just, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm very, very excited. Oh, I am Tim Tebow <laughs> excited to see Luke. And just because he, he narrates some of the trailer, and he's in a lot of it, and I'm going, oh my God, I can't wait to see this. So this, this is the eighth wait to Star Wars this. movie, but it's actually the ninth Star Wars movie. Uh, yeah, well, because Rogue One yeah. comes in between yeah. Sith and A New Hope. Now, one thing we've had on the show here that we've done the last uh, uh, few weeks, very happy to have this is that this is the last year you're really going to see Chris Berman anywhere. Sure. So Berman has decided to start reviewing movies for us. (laughs) Yeah, we needed that. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of movies he's done for us, which has been pretty good. He reviewed Split, which was probably my favorite Berman review. Um, Did he think it was a bowling movie? uh, No, he did. Uh, He he went to go see the 710 (laughs) showing of Split. (laughs) But tonight, he's going to review the trailer. Of The Last Jedi. Reviewing the trailer. Yes. He's going to review okay. uh, uh, Life for us next week. The Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. But Space tonight, movie. Yeah. he's going to review Good. Let's get to it. This is good. Last Jedi. This is the trailer now. Not the movie. No spoilers. This is Berman, who we've seen on cable yes. for decades. Berman reviewing the trailer for The Last Jedi. Uh, welcome to the Acura Halftime two-minute drill that really runs four and a half minutes review of The Last Jedi. You get to see... Oh, that's Jedi trailer. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Acura halftime <laughs> two-minute drill that really runs four and a half minutes review of the last Jedi trailer. You get to see Kai Sophia Loren without a mask, but no Jim Carrey, the actor, or the goalie. Oscar Isaac Newton's his way into battle with his best buddy and ex-machina droid, BB-8. Choking its way through a super bowling over is the Falcon, not piloted by Kai Lo Shanahan, nor by Quoth the Jedi Nevermore, Poe Dameron. This December, go back, 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 back to Achto Gesundheit with Ray Finkel and Mark Einhorn. TJ. They must have not put it all bold for Berman reading in the prompter. We had that little hiccup there. Too, too deep for himself <laughs> yet again. I will say, Berman, all you were missing was, I thought Admiral Akbar should have been played by Kevin Largemouth Bass. Oh, oh yeah. maybe that's the next one he does. But I like the, the, you know, the Mark Eichhorn, but Mark Einhorn. You know, there's nobody really named Einhorn in sports, so we kind of had to Laces you know, out. go right there. There we go. Finkel is Einhorn, and Einhorn is Finkel. Spoiler alert. You know, Fink- <laughs> Finkel's a man. Twitter at How About a Fresco, the a Jason man. Smith Show. Jason Steve DeSager, thanks to Berman for reviewing the trailer of The Last Jedi. He was surprised it was only a four minute movie. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I can't. In the open, Mike Harmon. Took him a year and a half. Last two nights, he from Salam, Steve DeSager, get in the opens. 
like that. Well, it's like all, all great activists. <laughs> it takes them a decade to push down the door, and then everybody else just walks right in oh, after you know, you know what? Your people need to set the stage for what comes after. People will be making T-shirts of Michael Harmon for what he's done for everyone else to follow in he, this He week. was the conduit, and now, now if, you are reaping what he's done. If you want to call him that, sure. A uh, quick update here. Final hour of the show as we get ready for the weekend. The big pitching matchup tonight between Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke did not really materialize from Granky's perspective. The Dodgers shutting out the Diamondbacks 7 nothing in the top of the ninth right now. Zach Granke got paid a million dollars tonight because he gets paid about a million dollars to start. He got paid one million dollars to give up five runs and ten hits in five innings. Ah, that's it. I'm going home. Yeah, got, got my check, right? All right, great. Thanks, appreciate that. another typical Kershaw Dodger Stadium start because he's into the ninth inning and still pitching. How often do you hear that in baseball, much less April baseball? And this is why I know I could manage the Dodgers on nights Clayton Kershaw pitches. Because he goes deep into the no, game. Because here, here, it's very simple. It's very simple. In fact, if the Dodgers ever wanted to, they could make a lot of money by saying, okay, for one night this year we're gonna we're gonna auction off be the Dodgers manager for a day. And 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 how much money were people gonna uh, bid uh, to be the Dodgers manager? Uh, that's got one nothing loss you really, all over you know, it. You re- no, but here's what you do. You manage when Kershaw pitches. Because here here's what I would do. I make out the lineup like normal. And then you try a double steal and no, they no, should no, have no, scored no, 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 no. and I make out the lineup like normal and I just, you know, the guys go their normal hits everything as, as normal. Mm-hmm. And then in the eighth inning, I send Rick Honeycutt down to Clayton Kershaw to find out if he wants to go out for the ninth inning, which if, is what which is what the does. Dodgers do anyway. Yeah. They find somebody, usually it's Honeycutt, sometimes it's a player, to go down and ask Kershaw if he wants to pitch the ninth. So television cameras don't get Dave Roberts and Kershaw disagreeing over that. Somebody goes down, Kershaw would say, I'm ready to go in the ninth, yeah. kind or of a, I'm kind of done. Kind of a no-brainer tonight because I don't think he even had 90 pitches yet going right. into the ninth. So I, I send the I send the I send Honeycutt down or whoever it is down and say, Okay, can Clayton pitch in the ninth inning? He comes back and says, Yes. So then I say, All right, great. If Clayton's gonna pitch, Clayton goes out in the ninth inning. If Clayton says he's done, I warm up Jansen and bring him in. Can't lose And I manage way. the Dodgers. Yeah, right. I would be undefeated. Although he has they left him in for the ninth tonight. He's given up a couple of hits and there goes the shutout. It's a mere seven one Dodgers <laughs> now in the ninth inning. So yes, even a fan could have managed tonight's game. I guess you have just proven your point in I an did. odd roundabout way. I, and now it's like, okay, how much longer do I leave Clayton in until I go to somebody? You know, there's we'll no reason to keep him longer. in now. No, but he wants to, He's this close to a complete game. No, but he the shutout it. is gone. It's April. He's at about a hundred pitches. Even take him out now. All right. Well, I would still go out and say, hey, how do you feel? And he would tell me, and I would say, okay. And well, if he says, I want to pitch, I would say, great. And then if he says, ah, oh, you know, yeah. you, all right, then I bring somebody in. If you were manager for a day walking out there, I, I don't think I feel fine or whatever the comeback. I don't think it would be something like that. It would be like, turn around. I think that would be the sentence. No, I would just want to come out just to hang out and get some, get some camera time. I would say, listen, I'm only out here because I want people to th- put my hands in my you, back pockets you, and, I, you just and want, look around. And, you just want first dibs on the game-used jersey. Yeah, exactly, because you know they know that I could actually get it. You Somebody know, would actually see you ripping it off his shoulders. <laughs> Go ahead, Frostberg. And if you were to manage him for a day, it would have to be a road game. Why is that? Because, remember, you're banned from Dodger <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> All right, you know what? Later on this hour, coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to play back, and you're going to be able to tell me if I am hated by an absolute Major League Baseball legend 
who loves everybody because of something I said during an interview with him today. We're going to hear that again this We're going to hear it again, That's yes. Good. That's Because when we, we, we did it earlier in the show, you said, yes, he hates me. Frostberg said, yes, he absolutely hates me. And Harmon, listening at home, yes. or wherever he's out drinking, texted in and said, oh, <laughs> absolutely, he hates you. Before we get to, we're going live to <laughs> Vegas next segment, right? And before we do Vegas that. Vegas is coming up next. In yes. advance of that, I must, here on the air, since I was in Vegas literally today, drove back to do the show, I must give you your Mets AAA Las Vegas pocket schedule. Oh! Here it is. They have a Star Wars night coming up at the end of the month. Make oh, your plans. Oh, nice. Tomorrow is, if I can read this small print, Dry Fit T-shirt giveaway. Oh, I, I love Dry Fit. That's like no the Nike idea. Dry Fit. Oh, those T-shirts are great. Here is your Las Vegas 51s uh, Mets AAA program. Oh, Thank it, you very it in, much. It includes a small bio of pitching coach Frank Viola. I, oh. I went to their home opener this week, <laughs> and uh, it was free hot or a dollar hot dog night. So instead of the usual three, four thousand, whatever they get, they had more than double that, and they should never get more than double that because they're minor league all the way off the field. They <laughs> don't know how to handle a crowd. It Steve, was ridiculous. What night is uh, Tebow Sprinkler night? <laughs> that, that's in Columbia. That's a ball. But I'm you very, know, very excited about shut up, Tim. It'll be just a little <laughs> bit until he makes his way to AAA Las Vegas for the Mets. Anyway, when Frank Viola, the pitching coach, came out for a visit to the mound in Las Vegas this week, I felt like standing up and looking around. Do you people even know this is a World <laughs> Series MVP you're looking at here? Frankie, sweet music, Viola. From St. John's. Yeah. And then he went to the Mets after the World Series with the Twins. Uh, thank you so much. This is awesome. I will. I will read this tonight. I, I look. It's got bio stuff on Dominic Smith. He's coming up pretty well. We've Their got top two Brandon prospects. Brandon Nemo on there. Yeah. They bat them back to back. The shortstop and the first baseman. Their their managers up from Double A AA to Triple A now. Yeah, because Wally Backman said, "Hey, <laughs> I'm done." <laughs> they, we sat. We went a previous game when Wally Backman. Some remember as a Mets infielder in the '80s. Uh, he's been the AAA manager for them in Vegas. We sat behind some season ticket holders when Backman was manager a couple of years ago. And he he sent a runner and shouldn't have, and he was out at third. And clearly this had happened before because these season ticket holders, as soon as Backman made that call, they yelled out, Stupid! (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, they were in the club box that has a window in front of them. You can't, you could yell all you want. It's probably not going to, it's Vegas. They closed the windows. He probably couldn't, but believe me, they're probably just as happy as you to. Have yeah, Wally Backman out of there. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Twitter Ooh. at How About a Fresca. One other thing about oh, Vegas. Go ahead, go, yes, go ahead. I saw Brent Musburger yesterday. Oh, did you bet with him? No, he has his own show. They built a studio for him at one of the casinos. That's yeah. when he left network TV. He yeah. and his family had this gig. And there he is doing his own show to nobody. It's not on the radio and it's not on TV. It's, it's only just- through their own online thing. And even though they carried just for that one day, they carried, you know, on the 50 screens they have yeah. up in the, they, one of the screens they carried Brent's show, but no audio. They were carrying the auto of the ball game that was going on at the oh, time. Wow. So there he is. He has his own studio. He has his own show. In fact, I think they have a whole afternoon's worth of programming and he comes in, does two or three hours himself. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I did see him and he was standing around there and his friends in the desert. I think that's, uh, of course wow. the name of it, which is what he used to refer to. On his broadcast. I can't, I can't believe you didn't get any gambling advice from him. <laughs> That's all you get from him now. Hey, but Brent. I couldn't hear the show. McCarron's going to roll and dump it off. Okay. And that is smelling. <laughs> I was going to go up and say, hey, so that Joe Mixon comment that you, and, you know, he would have just said, second and nine. Yeah. 
He wouldn't have bought you a beer yeah. at my new endeavor in Vegas. Come on by and say hi. So you can come by and say hi. I can Suck it down at nine. He, he, is, he is in the desert there. Fox Sports Radio, Jason, Steve DeSager, 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresco. We're live from the Geico Studios. Meanwhile, the news cycle today was owned by Phil Jackson, who, in a meeting with Carmelo Anthony earlier today, told him, even though you're under contract another couple of years and you have a no-trade clause, we haven't been able to win with you, so it's best that you beat it and go play someplace else. We've not been able to win with him on the court at this time, and I think the direction with our team is that he is a player that would be better off somewhere else and using his talent somewhere where he can win or chase that championship. So these were the exact words he told Carmelo, get out, 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 get out. In the battle of season three of The Wire, I don't know if you're a Wire guy, but you know, Stringer and Avon, they were friends, then they were trying to kill each other, and in the end, one of them won. I'm not going to spoil it because you haven't seen The Wire yet. Thank you. Spoiler uh, alert. One of them wins, one of them loses. Phil Jackson is the one who yeah. wins in the no. whole, no. hey, we're no, together, no. we're together, but now no, is... we're trying to kill each other. It Goodbye. looks like Phil Jackson's going to win. No, this is where the analogy <laughs> breaks down, because we're talking about the Knicks. There is no winner and loser. Oh. Just, they've all been losers. Like Nick Mackay, there yeah. are no winners here. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a push, the Knicks. It's just been... Uh, ready to push them off a cliff for the last few years. So with all of this happening today, the next few hours was filled with fallout from this story. And then we got the next incarnation of it a couple of hours ago when it was revealed that Kristaps Porzingis decided to blow off his end-of-the-year exit meeting with the Knicks because of what sources say he is upset with all the drama going on around the team. We're playing every Porzingis song tonight we can find. He's going to get flack for this. He's going to get criticism, but he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. In a, in a perverse way, because look, Porzingis is 21 years old, been in the league a couple of years. When his body fills out, he's going to be Dirk. He's going to be Dirk with even a better range from outside. But he's 21. He's still thin. He still hits the wall during an NBA season. Remember, he's 21. By the time he's 23, 24, and he's had time and he feels out, he's going to be that dominant guy. And then his rookie contract will be up and he'll be playing for another team. No, no, no. The Knicks, uh, the, they, they can't let Porzingis go. They can't do it. Well, uh, yeah, they can't. Phil, I agree. Phil Jackson only has a job because he drafted Porzingis. <laughs> That's the only reason he got extended two days ago. Well, so you did draft Porzingis. <laughs> and we're not uh, congratulating a young guy saying, oh, this is a diva move and that's great. Right. And it, No, it's not that. When you're 21 and he's, and, he's from, and he's from Latvia, being comfortable with a situation like this and, and speaking out, which is what he's doing, in quotes, takes different forms. He's blowing this off as a leadership role and a leadership tool because now he knows this is going to be his team. If he's if that's why if that's report is true and that's why he's yeah. ticked off, he should be ticked yeah, off. Yeah. And, and I'm is, glad somebody early in their New York career is that ticked off. I'm happy that he did this. I'm excited that he did. This is a great story because he said, "You know what? I've had enough. I'm not going to be the quiet guy. This is going to be my team. Melo's going to be gone." And it's my team, and I and I, I have. He's got enough confidence in his ability. Look, when the guy's making rap songs when he's when he's seventeen years old, you know, you, you have enough confidence in who you are. The fact that he blew off me, this is a way to say, you know, without coming out and criticizing, and because yeah. what's worth now, if he gives a press conference, he says, 
Phil is just stupid. Yeah, it's not that. No, he's just said I blew it off, and the story gets that out was because the, of this. That was great Latvian. You had you like that? <laughs> my Latvian. My, I only have one real Eastern European accent. It's all Russian. Yeah, I can. It's either Russia, it's Latvia, it's wherever wherever it could be. It's, sometimes it's Finnish, but that's what he oh, chose to do. It's finished, yeah, right. TJ. It's finished for you, Temu Salani. So. It's no damage that he's done because a press conference would have done damage. This is simply I didn't show up for this. And now he's going to take on a bigger role with the team. It looks like he's ready for it. He's ready to step up. I'm excited about this. And how often do you hear in sports we're going to change the culture here? It's the most overused phrase now when there's a new hire or a new player that comes in. This is what is exactly needed there is a culture change. You should never have anybody, ownership on down, that comfortable with losing. No, and the Knicks have been very comfortable with losing for the last three years. Not even in the playoffs the last four years. I'm digging. Digging it for Kristaps Porzingis. He, uh, maybe next year he makes that big step and because right now he's a, he's a cult hero. He doesn't really matter, and I say matter, but he doesn't cut through nationally as much because, look, his team doesn't make the playoffs. Look, look at Greek Freak. He, he's cut through right. the last couple of years because it's, the Bucks have made the playoffs. It's not even like Jeremy Lin was when he when he started. No. So that once the Knicks start making the playoffs, they get better than his star power. Because look, he's the star player in New York. It will move up, and he will be that guy. This is a great thing for the Knicks. Trust me. A lot of bad things. This is a good one. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager coming up next. We'll head out to Vegas, find out who is getting the most money put on them not name the Cavaliers or Warriors for the NBA title. What are the odds on Carmelo Anthony getting traded to a specific team? Everything you need to know is we head to our man in Vegas next on Fox. I'm very, very excited about Tim, it. Tim, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Alongside me tonight, Steve DeSager, back from vacation, back from Vegas, in for Mike Harmon, who is really drunk somewhere in the South Bay. He's a fine family man and will return <laughs> to the show next week. <laughs> Uh, Steve DeSager, who ruined Clayton Kershaw's perfect game earlier tonight <laughs> you blew it! by mentioning it. And then two minutes later, Kershaw gave up his first hit of the night. He didn't even make it through the ninth inning. Uh, well, well, he didn't have to because you ruined his perfect game early. <laughs> Happened that way. What was our beloved producer did have the great stat from the LA Times. Kershaw's last 10 starts at Dodger Stadium, 9-0, and ERA under 0.50. And in those 10 home starts, 86 strikeouts, five walks. Five walks at Dodger Stadium his last 10 starts. So not bad at home for Clayton so, Kershaw. In other words, you pay Kershaw. <laughs> this is part of the point we were making earlier in the show. I know we're going to go to Hershiser again later this hour, which is good. You overpay starting pitchers because you have to tack on these unnecessary sixth and seventh years to some of these contracts. It was Kershaw against Granke tonight. Granke making almost $35 million per year times six years. He was out after five runs allowed in five innings and had a four ERA last year for the whole season, his first year with that deal. Kershaw keeps earning his money. Million dollars for Zach Granke to give us five innings of five runs and ten hits. Million per start, yes. <laughs> Joining us now on the hotline for all the latest news from Vegas. Vegas insider, former odds maker at Caesars, contributor at Sportsline.com, co-host of Bet the Board podcast, Todd Furman. Todd, what's happening? You boys are a little optimistic. I don't know. I watched Kershaw through the eighth and ninth inning. He looked pretty pedestrian, giving up three hits through an inning and a third. So. <laughs> there you go. 
It puts it takes a little bit of luster off what would have been, I believe, his 16th complete game shutout in his illustrious career. Wow! Look at you hating on Kershaw after a night. Look at that. That's impressive, Todd. You know those those are valuable fantasy points he left out there for me, and I have to go full fantasy nerd on a Friday night. I would have liked the extra five or six points I get for a complete game shutout. Eight and a third, eight strikeouts, and scattering four hits and a walk that just doesn't get it done for you with an eight. Truth comes out. All right, let, let's uh, we'll get to baseball in a second, but let's start with the NBA with the playoffs coming up the next couple of days. Everything kicks off tomorrow. The Cavaliers have the first game. Outside of the Cavs and the Warriors, any interesting teams the last couple of days? You know, an uptick in interest on them in Vegas to to win it all or, or to advance farther? Two teams the professionals have dabbled with, both in the Eastern Conference, have been the Washington Wizards at long odds to win the conference and also the Toronto Raptors. When you look at the Western Conference, it's been Warriors, Warriors, and more Warriors. And professional betters are actually back in Golden State. From a dollar forty that you could have had about two to three weeks ago, they're willing to lay up to two dollars. Almost feels like a formality that unless Golden State benches Kevin Durant, benches Steph Curry, and benches Clay Thompson, uh, that this team will not be stopped by whoever ends up getting out of the Eastern Conference. Todd, this is Steve. I got a question on the odds for the Cavs and Warriors specifically. I believe I have seen at some throughout the season, since preseason really, that you could say, okay, the winner's coming from one of those two teams, or you can take the field, right? That's how odds-on favorite they are to yet again meet in the finals. Yep, there was a local casino out here in Vegas that offered that prop bet that you could have had those two teams against everybody else. They were such overwhelming favorites, you had to put up $3 to make $1 coming back. I have not seen that prop offered recently, but when we look at some of these numbers right now, Golden State, 1-2 to favorite to win the NBA championship. They're minus 340 offshore uh, to win the Western Conference. And when you look at Cleveland, they're quote-unquote modest favorites in the East. You have to put up $2.50 to make a dollar coming back. Cleveland, apparently, though, when you look at some of the defensive efficiency numbers, whether they took their foot off the gas or they were trying to rest up and get healthy, still some reason for concern. But until I see a team push them to the brink of elimination, I think it's Golden State coming out of the West against Cleveland for the third straight year. What's the upset? people have the most interest in in the first round of the playoffs? Well, if you look at the series prices, there's only two that project to be relatively competitive on paper, um, and that'll be one series right in your backyard where the Clippers opened up as right around a $2 favorite, but that number has ballooned out to minus 240, and that's actually been a little bit of professional money coming in on the Clips, knowing how much different this team is with CP3 in the lineup than what they look like for extended stretches this season. And if you look in the Eastern Conference, the Wizards are the shortest favorite at 1-2. to two. Honestly, guys, there has not been one underdog that's taken money from professional bettors to try and knock off the favorites. And typically with the NBA's first round, you really don't see a lot of professional money taking some of the long shots. So it's kind of like we're skipping the first round series mentally. And last year we had a lot of games that we felt like skipping in the first round of the NBA playoffs because aren't the odds on each of these series matchups so overwhelming, mostly for one side over the underdog, that people probably stay away from it as a series? Even more in reason and incentive for the NBA to go to a best-of-five for round one. You'd at least open yourself up to an upset here or there. Uh, But when we look at some of these numbers, guys, I guess the mid-range here, the Houston Rockets are a one-to-four favorite against the Oklahoma City Thunder. To put that in perspective, you don't have any series in the Stanley Cup playoffs that was even in that general vicinity when it opened. The Washington Capitals number did escalate with some professional money there, but it just goes to show the competitive balance. And if you believe in miracles, 
the Portland Trail Blazers will get you 30-1 to 1 just to win the series against the Golden State Warriors. So despite Damian Lillard's bold proclamations that the Blazers will win in six, that type of scenario will get you 150-1 to 1 at an offshore book like Bet Online. All right, with the news today, Phil Jackson tells Carmelo Anthony it's best you continue your career elsewhere. What team is the odds-on favorite that Carmelo is traded to? I just want to know if you wanted to bet the Knicks to win the NBA championship. <laughs> I mean, numbers on the board. The, uh, we'll treat the sports book like your buffet, so whatever price you want, I'm more than happy to take that action. Um, I was saving well, we that for my crazy parlay, Todd, at the end. That was part of I got to go up with the third one. You can parlay with whoever you want, the Jets, the Mets, and whatever other Mickey Mouse sports organizations you want to root for right now. Uh, we're happy to deliver that type of uh, offering. Uh, but when you look at Carmelo, uh, the Clippers were the odds-on favorite, at least during the course of this season. Uh, I think the dynamic will change. And honestly, guys, I wouldn't even want to venture a guess to see what teams will get into the sweepstakes bidding for Carmelo's services because I think you need a strong veteran presence and you need a team that's good enough at the other four positions on the court to try and defend, knowing that Carmelo becomes a bit of a liability. Todd, I remember with baseball at the beginning of last season, people were so enthusiastic about the Cubs' chances that weren't they the odds-on favorites early last season and wound up winning a World Series finally. It wasn't just emotion. They actually wound up having a lineup and certainly enough pitching to do it. I assume Cubs are odds-on favorite to do it again? They remain the favorites, and their number at this time last year was actually closer in that 5-1, to 6-1 to one range, whereas if you look at the market right now, they're overwhelming 7-2 to two favorites. The Red Sox and Indians, actually, the two teams right behind them at 6-1. to one. Dodger Blue checks in at 8-1, to one. and the team that's actually had some of the most movement is in the National League West. It's the Arizona Diamondbacks. They open the year at 100-1, to one, that number down to 50, not because they're necessarily viable World Series contenders, but just be- given their hot start, books don't want to open themselves up to some liability with an offense that's kind of flying under the radar early on. I got a question on Clayton Kershaw nights and betting because this was a game where he was on the mound at Dodger Stadium. I assume he's usually a huge favorite in any game that he's going, if you just went ahead and risked the big cash for little reward on every Kershaw game, you would come out ahead, wouldn't you? Uh, it gets to be a little delicate because tonight you had to put up $2.50 on Clayton Kershaw to make a dollar. The opening day, he was a 1-4 to four favorite against the Padres. So all it takes is Kershaw to go seven strong and a bullpen to squander that type of lead just once or twice during the course of the regular season, and you actually end up on a negative side of the ledger despite his dominance. But when we look at National League Cy Young odds right now, Clayton Kershaw, of course, the overwhelming favorite at even money, and he's followed by names like Noah Syndergaard at 9-2, to two, Jake Arrieta at 6-1. to one and Max Scherzer at 6-1, to one, and then the odds really drop down to some of the long shots at prices of 15-1 to one or greater. All right, Todd, here's my, my parlay. You ready? Fire away. You ready for this? Here we go. Here's my I want to parlay these three things. Tell me the odds. LeBron loses game one tomorrow. <laughs> we, get, we get a Last Jedi spoiler sometime in the next week. I think that's a formality, so that's a heavy favorite. That's, I mean... You know, right around an $8 favorite. Okay, and I can obtain legitimate, real, authenticated Eli Manning memorabilia. All <laughs> three of those things. It depends who we're going to for the authentication, <laughs> because if it's coming from Eli and he's signing off on it, it's an instant question of credibility. So I think that is probably the most difficult leg of the parlay to try and land, despite the fact the Pacers are about 3.5-1 to one to win the game tomorrow to open up the NBA playoffs. 
So, you know, we'll offer you a 40 or 50 to 1 on that particular parlay. Maybe you get Archie and Peyton to sign off as well to really verify the legitimacy of any game-worn paraphernalia from Eli. Now, when you say they sign off, is that them really signing off or someone else <laughs> is signing their name signing off? That's actually Cooper Manny signing off for the entire family. <laughs> Follow on Twitter, at Todd Furman. That's at Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars, co-host of Bet the Board podcast. Again, on Twitter, at Todd Furman. Website is bettheboardpodcast.com. Todd, as always, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, boys. Enjoy the opening round of the playoffs. All right, there we go. I'm getting any kind of odds I want on that, apparently. In other words, your money's green, and so are you. (laughs) The Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager, live from the Geico Studios. Coming up in one minute. Am I absolutely hated by a Major League Baseball legend from an interview we did today? Yes. All right. Thanks, Rosberg. Why don't you let people decide for themselves? Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Wow, Billy Joel has really changed. Last dance of the night, everybody. Last dance. Steve DeSager in from Mike Harmon. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance? It means you should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. It was earlier today. I do a lot of work filling in on AM570, our Los Angeles station here in L.A., Fox Sports Radio, that happens to be the home of the Los Angeles Dodgers, home of the Dodgers, home of the Clippers. Which brings us to this point with his Dodger guest, who was previously scheduled before you went on your pitching rant. Yes, Dodgers win tonight. We were previewing the big game of the day in Major League Baseball, which was Kershaw versus Greinke. And I did the show today with Bill Plaschke, who you've seen on Around the Horn for the last 15 years, longtime L.A. Times columnist. And we were talking about, do the Dodgers have any little bit of buyer's remorse not ponying up to get Zach Greinke when he became a free agent two years ago? And we all agree, not a chance that they do. And I made the point on the show that, listen, paying money, overpaying for starting pitching is a bad strategy. It just leads to ruin for your team because, let's face it, when is the last time a $120 million contract for a pitcher worked out? Johan Santana? It's, it's, oh, dump. Oh, Sorry. he pitched a no-hitter and then threw his arm out. Mike Hampton? Oh, didn't have. Barry Zito? No, no, no. Kevin just, Brown, Dodger? It, it just doesn't work. Granted, there are still some players in the middle of those contracts, where, but all the ones you can look at and say, all right, beginning a career to their end, it doesn't work out. Even Justin Verlander. He was lost for three You're years. Right. Three right. years. He's only the number one starter in Detroit now by default because they've let all but the other good pitchers he, leave. He's finally... He's finally starting to pitch like it. Right, but he does have Kate Upton. There's no sex. So, you know, it's kind of even for him. He's he's okay. Cliff Lee, the same way. You know, there was just some things that just, you know, has, hasn't worked out. CC Sabathia as well. That was seven years. You know, that was it's a big deal. So my point was that you shouldn't pay for starting pitching like that because it's overrated. You can get by, and if you need a pitcher, you don't need to sign Matt Cain to a seven-year deal and watch and watch him disappear for a long time. You can go trade and get Johnny Cueto middle of the season or Ethan, and have him for a couple of years. Even Jason Schmidt for the three or four years. Exactly. That oh, Jason Schmidt, very nice. Yeah. So you can do that. So that was my whole point. So we're having this discussion uh, on AM 570, our, our Fox Sports Radio affiliate here in L.A., and Justin Frostberg, who has produced the show today as well, had – Oral Hershiser ready to come on as a guest. Dodger legend, World Series champion, and current Dodger broadcaster. And Oral Hershiser is the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was always, they, call, they called him Bulldog because he was a competitor. Bound, he, yes. he, was, he was that good. And so he's listening to our conversation before he comes on just to talk about the pitching matchup tonight. And now we're going to listen to some things that Oral Hershiser said, and I want you to try to figure out 
if Oral Hershiser hates me. Not going to tell you what everybody in the studio thinks. We're going to play the audio. You're going to hear it. So this conversation we had, paying for starting pitching, overrated. It's a bad investment. I said hello to Oral Hershiser. Welcome him into the show. And this is what Oral said. I'm overrated. <laughs> hey, Oral. Now, okay, Oral, now you've got a voice. I'm, over, I, I'm only going to be on for a couple seconds because I'm an overrated starting pitcher. Okay, so is, maybe he's having fun. Maybe he's upset. Maybe he's not, we're not sure at this You're point. You're off on the wrong foot, clearly, on this yeah, interview. Yeah, How Frost- are you? I'm overrated. <laughs> Frostberg and I are looking at each other, and he was like, I don't know. I said, all right. So Oral tells a story, and Bill Plaschke asks him how his voice is because his voice wasn't good uh, last night. He wasn't feeling good. So he's, oh. he tells a story about how he's hoping to have a better voice for tonight's game. And so it's at the end of that answer, he decides, wait a minute, I want to go back to this whole overrated pitching thing. I'm still overrated as a starting pitcher, but I know <laughs> my broadcasting abilities are. I'm fighting through. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> now, hang on a second. Now, all right, let, Oral. I, what do you mean, hang on? Yeah, what do you mean, hang on? What do you mean, hang on? You're probably... You're online, you have a website, you have all these places that you just ripped all starting pitchers. How do you think you get to the bullpen? Well, investing in starting pitching is a bad situation. It's a bad strategy. It doesn't work out. How many guys that sign $120 million contracts at by the midway point of the deal, it's all right, well, we gotta get out of this because someone's not healthy, someone's ineffective. You can't you can't invest in starting pitching for the long haul. It's it's a bad strategy. Yeah. So you did this. You did a medical study about just starting pitchers. You, you eliminated shortstops, left fielders, right fielders, catchers. Every every day, guys. I didn't say every day, guys. I just said starting pitcher. Yeah, I think I think the number one hundred twenty million should just be set off to the side. I think you should only evaluate contracts on length, not on the amount. On amount, that just changes with the economy of baseball. Like starting players get X amount of dollars. You know. Really good starting pitchers get X amount of dollars. So I think we just look at length of contracts. And anytime you sign somebody over three years, you are taking a big risk. All right. So still a little bit upset about the whole. He didn't understand your, your point. Your point. You just said but, it there in the clip. You said yeah. for the long haul, it's a bad strategy. Right, so so he he kind of agrees with me. Still not happy. But kind of agrees with he me. He absolutely agrees so with I'm you. Like, over three years is a risk for a starting pitcher. So I'm like, okay. Things are, are getting back on track. But then when it came time for me to say goodbye, you know, Bill Plaschke and I were done with the interview, and he talked about everything going on with the Dodgers. They're probably going to make a trade for an outfielder, all these kinds of things. Uh, Oral Hershiser said goodbye to us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Hey, Dallas, you guys, you, half of you are really good hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at the stadium I thought tonight. at least I'd be Thank overrated, you. Oral. So. Just confusion over the semantics at the yeah. beginning. He thinks you ripped all starting pitching. <laughs> like it doesn't deserve to be on the roster. You were just talking about, which he agreed with, mm. long-term deals. We're evaluating on the length that starting pitchers get. Those deals are bad deals. All right. Now, here's the, here's the, the boring question. Now, this is the second time you've heard him. Mm-hmm. Does Hershiser hate me? He was not pleased at the start or the finish. <laughs> He made but what about point. the middle? He, uh, <laughs> passable for half a minute just because he's so a nice a guy. And then back to the negative category. The pendulum swung. When he had a bad voice, I didn't realize that aspect of it yeah. before you started playing the clips tonight. Mm. When he with a bad voice, and a guy, you know this as well, being on the air for years, when you have a bad voice, you really don't want to waste it during the day. He 
bothered to waste it on that. To oh, come no, I'm going to come on you. here and talk to you. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, no, I don't yeah. mean that. I mean, they were done, and yeah. he brought this up again yeah. against you yeah, using that voice. I, if I can't talk tonight during the game, I don't care because I want to talk to you. All right. All right, so that's one vote. Thanks. That doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> All right, Frostburg. Two thirds. Yes. <laughs> you can't help me out, really? He hates me? I'm pretty sure you're dead to him. Uh, this is like when they pick the uh, petals of the daisy. He hates me. He hates me. <laughs> He hates me. He hates me. You only have one option on this one. How did this happen? He's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. He doesn't hate anybody. I don't know. It escalated so quickly. Now you're banned from Dodger what? Stadium. <laughs> Stop. I'm not banned from Dodger Stadium. As far as you know, I'm not banned, right? I'm not banned, am I? Yeah, well, give I mean, it a shot. <laughs> Maybe just from the press box. I, I, I go to walk in through the turnstile, and there's a big picture of my face. It says, Oral <laughs> says, don't let this guy in. And they keep looking at everybody walking in. Is this him? Is this him? Is this him? No. Oh, there he is. Stop him. I do think he would turn you around if he met you in the hallway, though. Uh, oh, okay. Well, all right. Hallway. He'd say, no, you? Like we were talking okay. about, if you if you were the manager for the day, <laughs> yeah. Kershaw, how do you feel? <laughs> turn around, go back to the dugout. Get out of here. Okay, good. I like that. That's yeah. what you were saying. All right, very good. Thank you. Whew, all right. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager. We are live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, we have the play of the night and something a little bit special, especially if you are one with the force. Fox. Oh, Friday night, everybody. Getting to be that time. Well, maybe not on the West Coast because, you know, you're just going out right now. But it's almost time for the bars to close. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Steve DeSager, live from the Geico Studios. Play the night coming your way in a second, but Steve, we always listen to this line every night at this time on the show. It's just become, it's become the song for this time of the night. It used to be Dan Band from uh, old school, but now that this has replaced it. And this is? Uh, this is R. Kelly. We're making love on a bed of clouds. It's bed actually clouds. a Christmas song. Are you kidding me? No, it's a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, why don't we use the Dan Band anymore? Oh, they're famous now. They're on the NCAA tournament commercial, so I said forget them. We made them famous. <laughs> they're too famous for this show. I, so as, if our, as, as if they weren't in movies. Well, I mean, we, we helped. Did, we, like did to, we make R. Kelly famous? He wasn't if, famous if before this? If he's on TV, we're done. He okay. may have been famous before this. <laughs> and TJ, Jim Kelly, certainly. Uh... Oh, by the way, I stat of the night. You were mentioning the Kershaw uh, game so much that he beat Zach Granke and the Diamondbacks. Yes. From MLB, Kershaw at Dodger Stadium tonight faced 29 batters. He only threw 28 balls all night out of his 100 pitches. So that means every every count started 0-2, and then he wasted one. And, <laughs> and then, then got him. And yeah. now you're going to be out. That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to the play of the night, the Star Wars Last Jedi trailer came out today. And it was everywhere. It's taken over. People have philosophies on what the trailer means and what it doesn't. And without getting into any spoiler or anything with the trailer. Don't read into it, people. Just enjoy it. I've told you my desire to see Luke Skywalker now is through the roof after seeing the trailer. Just just to see him in it because now it was okay not seeing him in the first one in Force Awakens because you had everybody else. But now really need to see Luke. It's a December movie, though, right? We're like kids at Christmas. And really, this is coming out at Christmas. This yes. is a long way away. It's a Christmas away. movie. Yeah. The other thing is this, is that one part of the trailer shows an insane battle in space. And the Millennium Falcon's in it, and the, and, and the, and the fighters for the, the Rebels have are in it. And this is now a byproduct of 
what Hollywood has been able to do since Gravity came out. Gravity came out, and it was such a runaway hit because it was the first movie that really showed how cool and authentic space can look. Because any other movie about space in the past was always, all right, it's space, but uh, it's space. Well, this had fire in space. So right. immediately, I'm not sure if that's possible, but immediately yeah, yeah. it's cool. It doesn't matter if it's pop, but it yeah. looked realistic. And yeah. with Sandra Bullock and getting lost in space, it was, it, was, it was a very big deal. Since that movie came out, it's like Hollywood realized, hey, we can make space look incredibly cool. It's like it's the final frontier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing is really, thank you. Oh, I try the shrimp cocktail. I'm not back on Monday. <laughs> uh, there really is no final frontier for as far as making movies, though. Is any new venue, any new technology, any yeah. new thing, they, they still got to sell tickets. They're going to have Star Wars 15, Star Wars 16 mm-hmm. eventually. But now you can make space look cool. So now we've been inundated with space movies. Space mm-hmm. movies are like the new vampire movies. Like we had the vampire movie phenomenon, then we yeah. had the... the um, the Walking Dead, the zombie phenomenon. Now, because space can look so cool, yeah. everybody is doing space movies. Well done ones, because yeah. after the original Star Wars, we got a lot of space, right? TV and movies, but that doesn't mean it was well done. And that's one of the reasons why Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie, because the spacing, the final 40 minutes when they get to Scarf is just so well done. So they have it. So that's why we get life and all these alien movies and everything else, because everybody can make space look cool. So that's part of an afterthought. Like I said, it's, it's the new vampire movie theme, but... We have a special treat tonight for the play of the night. Play of the night brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you can save. This is the last year we're going to get to see Berman do a lot of things on TV. What we've been lucky enough is that he's been reviewing movies for us. (laughs) Well, lucky is one word. Yeah. (laughs) But tonight we're lucky because he's actually going to review the trailer of Last Jedi. So was that Berman right there? Without further, did I miss him? Easy, Chewy. Without further ado, here is Berman's review of the trailer of the Last Jedi. Uh, welcome to the Acura halftime two-minute drill that really runs four and a half minutes review of the Last Jedi. You get to see oh, Last Jedi trailer. Three, two, one. <laughs> welcome to the Acura <laughs> halftime two-minute drill that really runs four and a half minutes review of the Last Jedi trailer. You get to see Kai Sophia Loren without a mask, but no Jim Carrey, the actor, or the goalie. Oscar Isaac Newton's his way into battle with his best buddy and ex-machina droid, BB-8. Choking its way through a super bowling over is the Falcon, not piloted by Kai Lo Shanahan, nor by Quoth the Jedi Nevermore, Poe Dameron. This December, go back, 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 back to Achto Gesundheit with Ray Finkel and Mark Einhorn. TJ. I like how he always ends with TJ, like TJ's going to come in and he's going to tell you what's going on. Did he not say that he was usually doing his show solo at the desk? That seems like a, a no-brainer. My show, Han, not solo at, here. And then I, the I'm sure what we didn't hear, the next sentence of uh, this clip was going to be, <laughs> and you're in my eye line. Get out of there. Uh, they should have put it in all bold in the prompter form. We wouldn't have had to start <laughs> over again. I like the countdown. That Here it comes in three, two, one. Are we going to miss him, really? Uh, well, no, he's going to review movies for us. Oh. So we are never going to be far away from him. Harmon's back in Berman that uh, we can't get rid of. Appreciate it, Mr. DeSager. This was fun. Brian No coming up next.
Twitter, how about a fresca, Fox? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.